0: Hello there!
1: Welcome to the 11th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eadie, and alongside me, I have my co-host and door slammer, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, pal?
2: General Kenobi, it's going quite well. How are you today? Ah, I'm fairly okay. Fairly good. You sure you're... Reasonable. You sure? Reasonable, yeah. You sure you're not something that comes out of your asshole? What? Poop. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not poop. Oh, man.
1: What are you talking about? I'm trying to set up a joke. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm poop. What the heck? It's not really a poop. What color? What the? Brown?
2: Oh. Speaking of oddly colored poops, um, one time when... What a ridiculous segment. Okay, when I, go on. One time when I was in Florida as a child. Yeah. So my parents didn't let me eat Fruit Loops as a kid. And, uh, when I went to Florida as a child, my dad was a truck driver, but, uh, we went on a little vacation to Florida when I was a child. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Uh, and we were, we were there in Florida and, uh, I think it was Florida. Maybe it was Mexico, whatever. Anyways, we were at a hotel. And there was a pool. A uh, pool. A pool. That doesn't really have anything to do with the story because I'm not going to elaborate too much. Anyways, my parents didn't let me eat Fruit Loops as a as a child. Fruit Loops as a child. So I uh, I had Fruit Loops in, in the United States of America. A bunch of Fruit Loops. So how
1: did you get your hands on them? Like
2: I don't know. They I think they had it at the contraband
1: uh, Fruit Loops. No, what is it the called? Black
2: market. What is it called the 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 breakfast that they that ho- that hotels or motels just give you? Of champions?
1: No. Complimentary.
2: No. no, isn't it something else? Is it just complimentary breakfast? Continental. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. the continental I mean I guess they're complimentary because they're free. There's the continental breakfast which is like a buffet style breakfast. Right. Okay. Anyways, so there was fruit loops, so I just ate a bunch of fruit loops, like an excessive amount of fruit loops.
1: So much. Did your parents know that you were eating the Froot Loops? Or? I
2: don't recall. They must have. They must have just been like, whatever. We're on vacation. It's okay. Yeah, this need, this one time. You need Froot Loops, right. and I am not. This is this is uh, this might gross some people out. It's a good way to start the podcast, though. I'd quite literally like rainbow colored shit. It was like, <laughs> well, not maybe not rainbow. The the two dominant colors that I remember were green and purple, and it was this green and purple. <laughs> like you know poo at the age of like whatever however old i was like seven eight nine yeah
1: just so the audience at home knows we're not sponsored by fruit loops
2: no we're not and just uh, so you're aware that's not really a joke that's more like that's more than just a story that you just really very very much so inorganically
1: inorgan- arrived at yeah organically I say, arrived at. Inorganically. I agree. In, In. Inorganically.
2: inorganically just like the fruit loops i ate they're not made of real fl- fruit fruit that's for sure or loops oh my god i didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> that's right pretty... you think so, they call like because fruit loops is spelled f-r-o-o-t loops right isn't it is it i think so Nah, I, I no no because out. because the logo is the the, the 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 loops
1: oh there's the there's circles yeah like the, the the actual fruit loops are the o's yeah is that what you're saying yeah the, so, so like yeah it is that way yeah i never even thought of that and yeah. oh so that's why they don't have to worry about it being actual fruit because they're actually fruit yeah fruit like fruit with two O's. like they made their
2: own own word for the it's yes, their own element anyways that's all i really wanted to share with you <laughs> you hit your mic there
1: i almost knocked it right off the table
2: oh my goodness that could have ended poorly for you listeners because i wouldn't have allowed that to be edited out it would have just you would have heard a slam and guess what you'd be deaf now
1: yeah we don't edit anything on this show it's all organic unlike fruit
2: loops exactly
1: so how are you actually other than your vacation that you had 20 years ago
2: um i'm pretty good man like Um, today i mean today how am i today yeah exactly what did I do? Oh, I'm pretty good. I went on a little walk with Ellie when I got home from ah, work. Ah, your puppy. Yeah. Yeah, she's growing fast, man. She's growing fast. She's so cute. She's she's awesome. I love her so much. So I don't know if I've mentioned this, but when, when we sleep, she loves sleeping directly above my head on a pillow hmm. or uh, above like my lover's head on right, a pillow. Right? Yeah, yeah. And also loves to move around a lot at night and lick, lick our faces and then occasionally go in between us and then... Occasionally move above her heads and just constantly just moves a lot, but it's she's cute, so it's okay. Uh, anyways, uh, my lover usually sleeps over at my place, but she she didn't the, the one night. And you know, Ellie's there and she's like asking to go on on the bed, so I like pick her up and bring her up. It's in you know, the middle of the night, and you know where she goes, she goes above where. My lover like usually puts her head just like directly above it. And I'm so like, she missed her. Yeah, you missed her, Mommy? That's adorable. Aww. Anyways, that's uh, a cute that, story. that is a cute story. Another so, good thing that
1: happened today is that very likely the PlayStation will be announced in, the, in terms of pre-order date
2: on Wednesday, Wednesday of this week. Yeah, I know. I have Wednesday off. I can't wait. So that's still, pretty exciting. Give it to me. Give me the price.
1: It's uh, quite a delay. This has not happened um, in the Ever. past. For for PlayStation. Yeah. For for you Playstation fans out there, I know this is a obviously a film and TV podcast, but
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda interesting. It's interesting. I have again I don't want to dive too deep into the video games, but uh Xbox or Microsoft announced the Xbox like series S and X Yeah, they did due and to, the prices. Yeah, the prices and the release date. I guess they've already announced the X prior. But it's it's because like it leaked earlier. Yeah. And that they was literally weird. just like, ah screw it, we'll just reveal it in a tweet. And the price of the Series S is incredibly intriguing. It's very low at three seventy nine ninety nine. But... It's three seventy nine ninety nine Canadian. Oh, oh, they've actually announced yeah. it in Canadian dollars. Yeah. So oh, neat. And they also announced the Xbox All Access, which is like a a subscription based based service essentially that you can pay. It's twenty five American, so I imagine it's going to be like thirty bucks Canadian, where you get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate which includes Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass PC as well as you finance at the console over the course of 24 months interest free. Oh wow. So I'm, Apple was doing that for a little while with iPhones. Yeah. So
1: you can keep getting the latest iPhone. Yeah, but kind we never could,
2: we never got it here in Canada, right? No, I know. Yeah.
1: Are we going to get that here in Canada? Is that we are worried? Yeah, about?
2: no, no, we are getting it here in Canada. They oh, announced wow. it. Unless I'm like remembering it wrong, but I'm pretty certain they announced Xbox All Access Canada. So I'm actually kind of tempted. I wasn't initially going to get a Series X. That's a really good or idea. Or X, but I think I might actually just bite the bullet like 30 bucks, even 35 bucks a month. That's not much money and like Game Pass is an incredibly valuable like it's so good. Like there's so many games. Like I've tried so many little games on it because I was just like, ah, I don't want to pay for this. So I'm just going to download it on Game Pass and play it. I'm mostly a PlayStation gamer, so are you? Yeah. Um, but like I don't know. I use Game Pass like quite a bit just to try different games and yeah i don't know i, I played an awesome like co-op game called children of morta uh just because i saw it on game pass there's after party on game pass which i've been wanting to get it's made by the creators of Oxenfree. free i was thinking about buying it on ps4 but i'm just gonna play it on xbox like there's a lot of cool things also i love halo and gears i went on a big rant the other uh, day on instagram because i started playing halo 4 I don't want to dive too... I, we're just going too deep into vi- video It's but, a, little, and, a little far. Anyways, but I, I, I dived into Halo 4. I've never played it. I, I'm going through the original trail, trilogy, and then I played Reach. Halo 4 is not a good game. I don't think so. Like, uh, I don't think it is. They changed too much.
1: From the other series. Yeah,
2: like, there's a sprint... It feels like Call of Duty Halo. A little bit longer time to kill, I guess. And you kill robots instead of aliens at first. And I was like, what is this? Anyways, I don't want to go too deep into Speaking it. of
1: Halo, just briefly, actually. Just the... the segue into TV and, and movies. There was supposed to be a TV series for Halo. Did that ever come out?
2: Yeah, it did. It was uh, Halo Nightfall. It starred uh, Mike Coulter, who is Luke Cage in the Luke Cage series. There's another Halo series coming out. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at being now and produced by uh, Steven Spielberg. Oh, cool. And is I that supposed to connect to show... back to the games
1: in some way, like, easy, like, easily? Or is it supposed to be a prequel or sequel? I have no idea. I,
2: I actually don't know. I think okay. Halo Nightfall was, like, a lead-up to Halo 4 something huh. along those lines Alrighty, uh but yeah there's new ones coming out to sorry i think it's showcase i think showcase is producing it oh interesting or showtime showcase is the one where trailer park boys aired i'm pretty sure yeah showtime is the big one yeah with like it's... dexter and i believe homeland and i believe i can't think of another showtime show
1: Alrighty, well let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here shall we we ask our listeners to write into us with comments questions and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote in to us and he said, Dear fellow primates, why thank you for asking, puts on glasses and waves pipe dramatically. The Mandalorian utilizes a wraparound projection screen, physical removable sets, and sophisticated lighting in a single studio. The actors see pretty much the same thing as we see as the viewers, making their reactions much more realistic. In the documentary, Filoni and Favreau were talking about how groundbreaking the technology actually is, when Bryce Dallas Howard observed that it was like George's garage studio. Apparently, when making the prequel trilogy, Lucas discussed how in the future a studio like this would be possible. Speaking of Star Wars, starting January, there will be a push for the High Republic, the golden age of the Jedi when Yoda was younger. Books, comics are scheduled to be released and presumably this will be the era in which the new trilogy will be set. Any thoughts on this? Signed, Kenneth once again. This first part that he was mentioning about the wraparound screen, we talked about last week, The Mandalorian uses a, a neat uh, on-set experience where they specifically utilize this, and we didn't really know exactly how it worked, and he just explained you. didn't here. know. I knew. We called Kenneth out to say that he would probably send in a correction to clarify as to how this technology actually works, and I do appreciate it, Kenneth. Thank, thank you for coming through and... Uh, he did not disappoint. And telling us on he how it He never disappoints. Works. It's kind of neat, actually. It's a really cool idea. And again, if you can keep everything local, like on, a, on, on one set. I just It's kind of neat, I guess, for the actors in that green screen is kind of, I don't know, there's like an emotional disconnect with the surroundings. So I'm guessing this would help. I feel like it's still always better to be on set. So like like an on a live, you know, on location. In, in the case of like Tenet, right? for yeah. example, I think they're on location for every single thing. Again, they, they booked out, a, a bu- as you book out a 8-kilometer stretch of highway, as an example, in Europe, which was pretty cool.
2: That is super cool.
1: But uh, yeah, as for the Star Wars series, they're looking to do the High Republic as comic books and books. What do you think about this? I would argue that this is definitely the angle of the next trilogy, uh, whatever that may be, that's coming out now. What is it, 2022 or something like that? It's a little while already. Um, No, it
2: wasn't delayed to 2023 because Avatar got pushed back to 2022. It Was Avatar first? I think it was. I think it's Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars.
1: Regardless, like, what do you think about this in terms of the the context?
2: I think it's pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. It seems like a cool idea. I don't know. I'm interested in the golden age of the Jedi. I'm curious to see Yoda as a younger character, but I don't know if that's really necessary. I kind of like the mystique around Yoda. Like, where did he come from? Where did he go?
1: I don't think he's meaning that, like, literally. Like, that's, that's something that may happen, but that's not, I don't think, talked about explicitly. Not, not for mm. the films, right? There's no talk about that necessarily. He, he mentions this as, a, as an idea because Yoda's hundreds of years old. Oh, yeah. And so, theoretically, it could be about Yoda, but I don't... Did you see any comic that's supposed to be based on Yoda specifically? No. no. I didn't see anything talking about that. I think he, he was more commenting on it because the Golden Age of the Jedi, he was around. So, maybe one of these books will dive into the Yoda, Yoda-verse. I don't know, whatever's existing around Yoda when he was alive, when he was younger. But I, I would argue that we may see Yoda if we if we get a film trilogy in the High Republic. I think that that would be a good place, and that's what I thought the Game of Thrones creators were going to do. I thought David Benioff and Dan Weiss were going to I thought
2: they're, like, I, I, my assumption was that they were going to go into the Old Republic. So kind of like Star Wars, the Old Republic, like the, the MMORPG. And all those like awesome cutscenes and everything like that. I I don't know. I was I was super excited for that. That takes place I think thousands of years, but before the Star Wars movies that we're watching or that we have today.
1: Did you ever play the Star Wars MMO? Uh, I did. Yeah, I played it on PC. Yeah,
2: I think it's only available on PC. Maybe Mac. But yeah, I uh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, when I played it, I played it for a few months. I played it at launch. I remember. I like stopped playing World of Warcraft and then jumped into that with a few buddies. It was really good. I think uh, Kenneth actually. Plays it still occasionally because it's free to play. So right. you can kind of jump in and jump out. If I had a PC, I feel like I I maybe would play it, but I don't know. Again, that's a huge time commitment. Oh wait,
1: no, I didn't play the Old Republic. I played the Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yeah, the Bioware. Yeah, the, old, yeah, the older yeah. game
2: that was really well reviewed. The, the, the first one or the second one? First one. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's I, I didn't play the, of the Old Republic.
1: But again, oh, sorry, I didn't play the Old Republic. I just played yeah. the Knights. Uh, but again, we're getting way sidetracked on video games.
2: Let's try to move off the the topic a little bit. I won't talk about a single video game for the rest of the show.
1: So you think that those guys were going to do Old Republic? So way back, which is interesting. I don't. I have no idea what they're going to do because there's nobody there anymore. I don't even know who's making a trilogy. Is Ryan Johnson still making a trilogy? That's I unknown. hope so. The Ryan Johnson thing. I feel like. So, we're going to do a bunch of these uh, side episodes uh, as we go that we're calling a closer look on certain things. So, for instance, we're going to do one on Tenet this Tonight, week. Tenet, yeah. So, that's going to happen. I would like to do one on Star Wars. I think that would be a really good idea and just to talk about how botched we think that Rise of Skywalker is and go into like the nitty gritty spoiler details of the bad decisions that were made by JJ J. Abrams. To like, bring do that. you want to
2: do specific, like, we'll talk about episodes 1 through 9 or no i just want to talk make about, an about the secret trilogy
1: one? and how bad it was just the uh, secret trilogy in general and, I don't think and it's what bad. where like, it's going uh, for I think it's
2: i think it just has a bad finish but i think the first two movies are great
1: but the ending is a, is a large part of it, especially if it's literally a third. And yeah, so true. I believe that that series is completely boshed in my mind. It's like reverse prequels, where
2: the ending of the prequels is really But I didn't good. really
1: find that there were that many holes, like they created in Rise of Skywalker. The number of retcons oh, yeah. that they caused, over and over again, he just kept, kept saying the last Jedi, moments in The Last Jedi were just said, oh, no, this doesn't actually isn't exactly as we just told you it was I remember this. in the last, uh, last
2: episode. I, re- I, remember, I remember this thing, uh, Psyche it didn't. It is not actually possible. Do you find something like like that happened in the
1: prequel trilogy that mm. they were plot holing it like that, like they purposely went out of their way to say that the previous episode was flawed? Like we we realize people no, don't like I'm, this. I'm saying
2: it's the reverse. That I'm saying, *Phantom Menace* specifically said that *Attack of the Clones* w- is going to be flawed. I don't know what you I'm, mean, being but I'm being facetious. I definitely want facetious It's impossible. I, I'm not
1: sure what you mean, but yeah. Regardless, yeah, we're well, we not supposed to. Not supposed to what?
2: Know what I mean? Because it doesn't make sense. I said it's the reverse. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I have no idea what you are talking about. You don't appreciate. About. Regardless, it would good be nice humor. to maybe
1: talk about Star Wars in a in a closer look episode because it would be kind of cool. I'll so That's something it. we're gonna do going forward. Occasionally, on some weeks, we'll do like a side episode that you don't necessarily have to to
2: watch. To you know,
1: it's not it's not a numbered episode.
2: I would like to do one on The Boys season two.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. Maybe when it's done.
2: Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. What have you been watching, Adrian? The Boys surprise oh wow (laughs) the Boys season two it's really good man i mentioned this briefly last week because i watched a bit of the first episode i watched uh, the first three episodes which i was like oh i caught up and then i realized they released an episode yesterday too so i am not caught up i am one episode behind but it's really fantastic man it's so good it takes like so many crazy twists and turns that i just would not see coming it's such a unique show and they do some very awesome things Especially in the third episode, where it's just it gets wild. I think they do a great job of balancing the humor and like the seriousness throughout the entire show. And I think Homelander is such a such an amazing character, incredibly terrifying. In any scene that you're like he's in, is it, they they just they just nail this sense of discomfort that everyone is feeling. And because you, you never know what he could do. Exactly, because he's so
1: powerful and he's kind of unhinged. Well, and yeah, so, he's unhinged fact- Superman. He's unhinged. You don't know he literally could snap at any second. Yeah. Pretty much. So will he or won't he in every scene he's yeah. in?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like he could either like be a nice guy and reveal his heart to you or just tear your heart out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like it, literally. Yeah. It's uh but it's it's really really good, man. I'm really enjoying this third season. I'm excited that there's another episode, but it does kind of suck that it's week to week. I get why they're doing it. Yeah,
1: you're trying to keep but... I guess you're trying to keep viewers
2: it actually, well, keep subscribers, I right? still
1: believe that it would be, it's almost wise that they all do this. Actually, I actually shouldn't say still believe because I was a little puzzled last episode as Yeah, yeah you felt the exact opposite. I thought about this in between episodes and I realized that it is actually a smart idea for as a business decision. Oh, yeah, of as course. As a business model, and that's why TV shows have always done this since the history of cable TV. So it kind of works week to week because then you can keep people tuning in because you mm. really want them to keep doing that. Like binge watching. Is good and all, but I
2: love it. I, I hope Netflix never. I don't think Netflix would change, but they're already doing that with some shows, right? They're only doing it with the shows that are still airing on network television, though, right? But where they it, have the distribution. There's rights. a chance they could change. So, there's as an news. example, like Snowpiercer, like the, Snowpiercer is a Netflix original, but I think in the states it's on some random channel. Uh, what is it, TNT or something? Like it's a like a TNT show, or, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Or they have the 100. Or uh, which is again a CW show. However, they have the distribution rights everywhere else. So the new episodes air weekly after they air on TV. So I think th- they only do it for those shows. But all their actual, le- like all their actual Netflix produced, like Netflix original shows that are airing everywhere and releasing everywhere at the exact same time, they're all releasing at once. And I hope that does not change. That's
1: the hope. But it's hard to know. Like as a business perspective, it makes sense that it would change.
2: Yeah, I guess, but I, th- I think I think Netflix would lose more than they would gain because everyone has come to expect everything drops at once on Netflix. Yeah, it's an expectation. It's
1: true, but they also ex- we also kind of expected the price not to go up, but it's changed like three times since I've been a subscriber. Yeah, but
2: the, like over the course of ten years, I feel like I've been a Netflix subscriber since I was in high school, <laughs> like quite literally. So I don't know; it's expected, and I think the like I think it's worth it. Hell, man, I'd pay like thirty bucks a month for Netflix, honestly. <laughs> oh, I would not. I would cancel first first moment.
1: Hundred percent. Because Amazon Prime is a competitor and it's way cheaper and why would I ever pay that? It's the exact same thing with Mulan. So if Mulan tra- is gonna charge me thirty dollars to rent it and charge me a, a sub- subscription fee, I'm not doing that. It's gotta be I'm not gonna it's do gotta both. fit within the the, the market, right?
2: You yeah, I don't know. Can't it's pay a, thirty bucks. It's just I'm so dependent on like Netflix and all that. It's I'm
1: just, not that dependent on it. Like there's there's sometimes I'm going to Netflix, sometimes I'm watching Crave, sometimes I'm watching Amazon Prime. They have to vie for my time. And so that's why I no longer subscribe to Quibi, because there's just not enough content for $8 a month uh, yeah. to make it viable. And I haven't watched Netflix honestly in some time, actually. Uh, no. Netflix specifically. Because I'm watching Amazon Prime with the boys right now. I've been watching Apple TV Plus with Defending Jacob. I just finished that. Very good show. I don't want to go too much into it. I talked about it last week, about defending Jacob Barber, essentially. Chris Evans is in it. He's uh, He was a ex-district attorney, uh, attorney, and he's trying to defend his son from going to jail. Amazing show. It takes lots of twists and turns. I, I was How does it end? I was pretty satisfied with the ending. I'm not going to tell you because I think it's, it would spoil it. But I, I just find that it's uh, it's very high quality. And I, I'm almost kind of surprised that it didn't get more Emmy nominations. We're going to be talking more about the Emmys a little later in the show. Are we? And it didn't really get any love. Not not really. And Did I, it get
2: nominated I, for anything? No. Nothing?
1: It's strange. It, like I think it would have been worth it. I think that it was uh, pretty good. It's a pretty great show for... For one of the first Apple TV Plus shows. It would be a limited series in that case. It would have been competing with the likes of Watchmen, I guess. It arguably wouldn't win against some of the shows in that category. But I just feel like that it was really good. But yeah, I uh, would not pay $30. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's That true. was, uh, that's was my point. Because just, again, there's just so many. There's so many different streaming services. And then if you look at like HBO Max as an example, or Peacock in the United States, there's so many. They have like 15 different streaming services now. And so they, I'm hoping Netflix is smart. They won't actually increase their price because they know they have to compete with all these other yeah. guys.
2: I don't imagine they will anytime soon. I'm just saying, like I'd keep, I'd keep on giving them an extra two bucks every few years. Two dollars is fine, but
1: again, thirty. No, but, but is eventually
2: like you get to thirty. Eventually, <laughs> you just keep oh, on. like
1: thirty years from now, sure. Yeah, but yeah, cool. Anything else you're watching?
2: Uh, no, I'm actually not watching anything else. I was actually playing a video. No one's <laughs> gonna. <laughs> uh no I actually haven't watched anything else um I don't know if I mentioned I watched the first episode of Legend Core last week did I yeah you did yeah I, I didn't continue it just because I wanted to watch the boys and I just haven't had enough time man I've been living a busy life I'm working I've a child a dog same thing yes yeah, sure. have I have responsibilities. I've just been busy. I don't know. I, just, I haven't made time. That's a lie. I, I definitely could watch stuff. I just haven't made enough time.
1: Cool. We we both saw the, the Dune trailer when we went to... Dune. Well, kind of, actually. That was a weird situation. I thought we were going to see the Dune trailer when we went to go see Tenet again. Because we That's went it. again yeah. to see Tenet. It was weird because the first, like, the pre-screening of Tenet didn't have the Dune trailer. Or, like, the Dune teaser for the trailer. And Dune. then we went to go... Is it Dune or is it
2: Dune? See, t- Dune.
1: We went to go see Tenet. Dune, and then there was a teaser for the trailer which yeah which really a lot of did
2: you watch the trailer yeah i did it's really good yeah it it's amazing looks, it looks really good do you did you ever watch dune or dune uh um, watch or you, it. You
1: did, me with my eyes on a page like reading it
2: no there there's a movie
1: oh no i didn't watch the movie yeah no I just read the book
2: you read the book i'm uh about two-thirds through are you reading it now yeah i've, I've been reading Ugh, it for a long time though uh, audiobooks audible oh so you're not reading it you're listening to it. I was
1: listening to it while I was driving for work, and now my job doesn't contain much driving anymore, so I've it takes about what five minutes. Taken an accidental break, and so I'll likely like listen to it during lunch breaks, etc. Until it comes out in November. But That's that cool. trailer looks amazing, and I find that the characters like they look like the, the characters that I imagined in many aspects, especially Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet. 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 I really
2: like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he's cool. He's really great. He's—I uh, don't think I've seen him in a bad role yet. I don't know, I really loved him in Lady. I feel like the first time I actually noticed him was in Lady Bird. And yeah, he's—I uh, th- I feel like he's a good—he's uh, a good actor. And Zendaya's in it. Zendaya, Zendaya, yeah, she is. I really like her. I think she's fantastic. I think she's an awesome actress, especially in the TV show Euphoria. She's so good in it.
1: Oscar Isaac plays Duke Leto. Oh yeah, he's Oscar Isaac's
2: in it. Yeah. It's an all-star cast actually. There's a—it's amazing, of... yeah. It's crazy because like Danny Villeneuve, like. He keeps on getting like he he's he's an artist. Like he makes amazing movies, movies. films, films, sorry. And um I don't know, he had a huge budget for Blade Runner and it like I don't I don't even think Blade Runner made money. I feel like it probably like broke even if anything like after marketing and all that. And he just got another huge budget to make this Dune movie. Like you think Dune is going to do well coming to only
1: theaters? By the way, that's just something to mention actually. Again, we went to Tenet again tonight, yeah. And going through it, the second pass, Tenet's are arguably a fairly confusing movie. You're trying to follow the plot. So I'd forgotten to mention that when we watched it in theaters, the p- trailers, all the previews, were mentioning specifically only in theaters. Did you notice that? I did notice that, actually. How it was very focused on saying, hey, we 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 need you to come to our th- the Please. theaters. Please, we're <laughs> Please, go on. Theaters only. So uh, would it have done well? Are you saying would it have done well in COVID? Or would it
2: have done well if COVID didn't exist? Would it have done well if COVID didn't exist and would it do well will it do well with so COVID both scenarios yeah. you want to know my answer what's your answer I don't think it would do well period like either way why because Blade Runner didn't do well and Blade Runner is an amazing movie it's so good Blade Runner 2049 is arguably the best movie ever created you can make an argument for that I love Blade Runner 2049 so much and it's so good and it did not do well a movie, I'm saying financially
1: a movie looking good or being good or being well reviewed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get people to come to, the, to watch it
2: but, like, is Dune some sort of like, huge thing? Or I feel like Dune kind of has a cult following, kind of like the same thing. Well, it's as Blade a very Runner. famous
1: book. Like, it's tremendously famous.
2: Yeah, I guess. So We're,
1: theoretically, yes, it would do well, you I don't think. Know. Hard to know.
2: I guess we'll only find out. It does out. look
1: amazing. It has a more all star cast than 2049. Then
2: Ryan the Goose Gosling and Harrison Ford and Anna. Who? A- what's her name? Anna DeMount. De- De- what's, what's the girl's name? She's also in Knives Out. Anna DMR Armis. She was
1: not even known. That was she was that was like her first role.
2: Yeah, I know. She's beautiful.
1: So that like there was no uh I don't know. That was not as I don't know what it is. That was a that movie had a call following initially.
2: In a D. Armus. I was pretty right about that. Uh Jared Leto was in it, Leto, coming in condoms and sending it to people, whatever he does. Uh, Dave Batista was also in it, Robin Wright, Lenny James from the hit show The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Right. Edward, this is still James more almost. of an all
1: star cast in this movie. But regardless,
2: think? I think that. Who? What you, do you mean? Like, who do you think is more all star?
1: Oscar Isaac? Yeah, Timothy Chalamet is like an incredible actor. He's he been is. A tremendous number of things. Yeah, Zendaya is right. extremely popular in various circles on both sides, like the younger demographic uh, and potentially older, just because she's been in so many things now HBO and and Spider Man, as an example. Yeah. And then we got Josh Brolin. We got Jason Momoa. The. I uh, can't remember her name, though. She's, she was in Mission Impossible. She's playing uh, Paul's mother.
2: I know who you're talking about, but I have no idea what her name is.
1: Anyways, it is a, more all-star cast. But the point is the property is more popular. Because the actual... The
2: Rebecca Ferguson.
1: Blade Runner in general, the first Blade Runner movie was a cult following to begin with. So even making a sequel for it was maybe a weird choice in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's well-regarded. It's like a really well-regarded movie, but I don't think... Like by critics. I don't know if it... It built up steam... But it sort of had a cult following then too, Hmm. so I don't know. I I think that Dune, arguably, it was made into a movie initially. It's being remade into a movie again, Hmm. and it's not a sequel to a movie that was just had a cult following. So arguably, it should. It's just a question of who will come out to see it. Is it who is it targeted at? It seems like the older demographic who maybe read the book years ago, and then it will maybe ask people to read the book now. Will it do well in COVID? Well, that's a question that I think no movie's gonna do well in COVID. I, I don't really argue. It's nothing's really done done when it, well in COVID that's gone to theaters. So, what what is gonna happen with that? And will it get pushed back? Because other movies, like Candyman, as an example, got pushed back just recently as well. To so next year. Yeah, it got moved back to 2021. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But anyway, the trailer looked amazing. The visual effects looked amazing. And Denis Villeneuve is a
2: Denis Villeneuve
1: pretty great director. I must say, yeah. he's probably the the person that I'm most excited about seeing a film by, other than Christopher Nolan, if I were to argue, just at the at the moment now.
2: Like in terms of like quality.
1: Uh, just a, he's doing interesting things. Yeah. He's creating really interesting stuff, and from like, I don't know, I just feel like there's a there's a lot of movies that he's made that are just really great. From obviously 2049 to Prisoners is really great as well. Arrival. Arrival. Jinx. It's
2: fantastic. All right, and he's Canadian, so so we got to give him extra credit. Not extra credit. No extra credit.
1: I'm giving the same amount of credit. I'm just saying. no. I'm giving it. Cool, extra that he's credit. Canadian.
2: Well, why'd you mention that? If you weren't going to give him extra credit.
1: Because I'm Canadian.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're biased. You know what? You're biased. I don't think Danny Villeneuve's good. I think we're both biased. He's not good. Yeah, he's he's awful. We so just the like critics him
1: because saying that they're all his Canadian are great.
2: critics, dude. They're all Canadian. They've critics. always been.
1: Canadian the whole time,
2: the, the even the ones time. working
1: in California.
2: You mean this is a vast conspiracy? You mean it's all Canada? This is a, <laughs> it. This always th- has been. It's all Canada. I'm I'm obviously being facetious. I, I I'm very excited for this. I'm gonna watch it in theaters, unless another lockdown happens.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to come out in
2: November, but that's six more cases in Guelph today. Today? Today. It was six yesterday. Oh, maybe I was reading yesterday's article. Whatever, man. Technically, it's just six cases. Are you excited?
1: For the COVID cases? No, for the news, baby. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Let's move on to the news. To segue into Tenet, number one, according to web publication deadline, as of last Tuesday, the 8th of September, Warner Brothers' Christopher Nolan spy thriller Tenet had officially accumulated $152 million internationally and domestically at the box office. As of the 8th, Tenet had opened in a total of 46 markets so far on 52,913 screens worldwide, including in China and in certain parts of the US. As noted by Variety, after Tenet's opening weekend two weeks ago, many industry analysts predicted that Tenet would pick up steam as more and more screens began to open up across multiple markets. It should be noted that at the time of this taping, theaters in both Los Angeles and New York have still not reopened. Naturally, it is said to be a very different sort of blockbuster release. The slow and steady audience buildup has proven to be true so far, but with schools having recently opened up worldwide to rising COVID-19 case numbers, it's not clear as to what the future might hold. Six more cases in Guelph. To further emphasize the industry's current confidence in theatrical releases in today's climate, website Rotten Tomatoes recently reported that Warner Brothers has once again shifted their Wonder Woman 1984 blockbuster release date from the October 2nd, 2020 release date to December 25th of this year instead. Adrian, what do you make of all of this?
2: That's interesting. It's very interesting.
1: Which part? All of it, or
2: every single part of it? No, it's a is 152 million. A lot of money, or no?
1: Uh, not really. Well, today maybe. Like with like for, for us,
2: like if I had 152 million dollars, it would be. But for today, is it not a lot for tenant? Not for a blockbuster like that. No,
1: they should have like almost at this point, two weeks in, uh, and it will be three weeks by the time this our episode specifically airs. They should have. Been close to, if not eclipsed, their
2: budget. What is the budget of the movie? It's actually
1: two hundred million. So I'm actually thinking, no, it it should have done way, way eclipsed. Sorry, I was thinking four hundred million, for some reason.
2: Well, like four hundred, because like you, you assume that they spend. The budget for marketing as well. there's also
1: marketing as well so I'm, right so like right.
2: isn't like the common thing like it's the budget times two is what they probably spent on the movie
1: potentially i'm not sure if that's the actual adage but it I, would be more I'm, it would be more know, for sure
2: you know me being in this industry i know it is right i know it is gotcha because they're so ingrained in it so industry. it'd
1: be it'd be something like that so we would be around I, I would think at this point it would be over 200 million uh, at least arguably if COVID didn't exist for, for a Nolan movie of this caliber and this is his biggest budget yet and it's clear why that is in various aspects again because he tried to shoot everything on location and he used practical effects for almost everything. I think he was saying that there's like just over 300 shots that are not practical effects that are actual CG that have CG elements. Oh my gosh. Uh, ah man, that might be so great. So it's low, obviously, and so
2: that's. But they're kind expecting of a, it to be like a sl- like a slow but long burn. They expected it to be a slow slow
1: build, and they were actually pleased with this number. And I'd argue it is kind of good. For what, like when you think about with. it, yeah, but because you almost hit the actual budget of the film itself, obviously not the marketing budget, which I'd imagine they might have even spent more on because they're trying to make sure that they can they can get there. But I, I don't know. It's interesting with not having Los Angeles or New York open in this way, like for theaters, it's uh, it's not bad, I guess. If they can keep building it and like snowball it over time, the question is now with kids going back to school and our cases in Canada have risen for sure, like drastically. I know you mentioned Guelph, but We've actually had like a spike since schools have reopened, and people are like feel it feels like people are a little bit more laxed on the on the restrictions for uh, coronavirus. In fact, actually, specifically, I live in a house next door to a rental house. Uh, my house is kind of a rental home as yeah. well. Uh, I live with live with a housemate, but uh, he's fairly quiet, and the people next door are not quiet. At when all. I was
2: leaving uh, last week, they were having a party.
1: Oh, it's extremely loud. They're I actually so went over there. They actually parked their there in pickup truck on the literal the front lawn of the of the home. Uh, it's not their house, so they're renting it. Obviously, it's odd. Yeah. It's just like Was m- it in front music of your blasting. Home? You just feel the bass. We're not even we're not joined through the wall. You can just feel it through both walls. Interesting.
2: If they parked on your lawn, oh, I would I would complain. Oh, you're one of those guys.
1: Oh, you can't park up. It's so heavy. It's gonna ruin my lawn. If it rains, it's just done. I don't care that much about the lawn. You wouldn't complain about that?
2: No, I wouldn't. But just because I don't like people, I don't care about the lawn.
1: You don't care about the, the lawn that would be ruined?
2: No. I just don't want people on my gosh darn property. I don't like people. But I, I don't like my lawn either.
1: Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty then.
2: Yeah. Alrighty. All, all, all but yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. But it kind of goes to show that... I don't know. It's weird that they're saying they're happy with these numbers, but then immediately moved Wonder Woman back. So like, isn't...
1: Yeah, no, that's that was the, that's why I mashed these two stories together. Yeah, like
2: it's kind of an odd thing. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the idea. hey, we're super stoked that Tenet's doing this well, but uh, by the way, we're going to move Wonder Woman back.
1: Yeah, which... it's a telling tale. I feel like there's no way they're really happy with it because it is Warner Brothers. I could have chosen Candyman for the story, but I specifically chose the Wonder Woman story because clearly they just moved it. This was after the second weekend, almost right after they realized that this is not going to work out. It was October 2nd. They moved it to December 25th. They do not have confidence that this blockbuster release is going to do particularly well. And that's fair, because why would it? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, even Tenet. Tenet's bigger than... Tenet, yeah. In a different way, it's bigger than Wonder Woman, I, I suppose. But it, I think Wonder Woman, theoretically, would do maybe even better. I, don't know. I
2: I would guarantee Wonder Woman would do better.
1: It's just strange. It's just a strange situation. And they want to make sure they can capitalize on this, whereas Christopher Nolan really wanted to be the savior of the theater industry, I just don't think that this is a weird time because I think people didn't anticipate with back to school and all that stuff. There's so many different elements that we didn't take into account. Maybe with this whole
2: us, yeah, because we're part of the industry. I agree.
1: Not us. I'm saying that. Th- yeah. No,
2: we. Yeah, we. As a society. Like us, yeah. I'm saying us, societally. Us in, us in the industry. Not
1: sure. Us in society specifically,
2: but anyways. Did you know that we live in a society? What? We live in a society. Yeah. Isn't that a line from Joker?
1: I don't know. I feel like your jokes are falling flatter than usual. I'm sorry to say.
2: Hey, man, it's fine. Whatever. Maybe we'll I can't, make it up. I can't be on every day. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> That's fair. But anyways, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But that's not that's not a success in regular terms. We went twice, so we were trying to help. Yeah. I would argue. The crazy thing is the second time we went, there was – oh, the. Theater was more packed than the first time.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I, I noticed that as well. It
1: was Tuesday, so it's cheap night at Cineplex specifically. They like was a half price. Yeah, it was cheaper. Oh. You ended up buying the tickets, but I, I, when I was going to buy them, it was it should have been more oh. affordable. They're not massively, they're not half anymore, but they're they're more yeah, like four bucks off, more budget oriented on Tuesdays specifically. Yeah, you was know think about Cineplex. And This is a, another side note here, mm-hmm. like the neighbors with the blasting music. Which I don't actually mind blasting music, but by the way, that's not a, that's not a, just a big deal. I'm just my yeah. Point was, except you beat up. They those had like kids. multiple people. My point about that story, actually, I, I, I'm getting sidetracked on a sidetrack here, but they had multiple people at their house, they were loud in that they had like at least twenty people in a small home. So my point was, COVID. I don't know. People are kind of relaxed on this, so hopefully, as a society, we don't have this like an issue mm-hmm. going into October. Hopefully
2: not, because it's, but, it's Halloween. I don't want Halloween to be canceled.
1: To go oh. No way people are trick-or-treating. You don't think so? No way. That's touching candies? No way that's happening. That's Ugh. done. No no way that's happening.
2: It's over. It's the worst. No, no ever again, you think? Do you think we'll ever have Halloween again? I mean, well,
1: what do you mean? You don't do trick-or-treating. You would go to a party. I
2: trick-or-treat to the children. I give children candies.
1: You walk out side you went, walk to people's houses knock on their door and then give them candy no
2: i'm saying when kids go to my house oh they're not doing that no i'm saying are we ever going to have it again
1: oh yeah when this is cleared up
2: you think you think
1: it'll be a vaccine yeah mm. there's there's a lot of confidence in a vaccine this will happen are you sad i'm making i making you sad here Let's yeah talk about i love halloween. halloween it's
2: my favorite holiday
1: speaking of candy this is my other sidetrack. Candyman, candy man the movie was also delayed be amazing We no <laughs> cineplex should be selling cinnabon you heard it here first, folks. Cinnabon, cineplex That would be an amazing concession thing to be sold. Cinnabon's really rare. It's not found everywhere. I feel like it's like beaver tails at Canada's Wonderland. If you're not Canadian, beaver tails are basically... Uh, when I went really to
2: out. Ottawa, I had beaver tails.
1: Amazing. on the Rideau Canal? Uh, no. Well, the Rideau Canal, if it freezes over and you can skate the whole thing, which is really
2: I went great. in the summer, Simon.
1: But when you can't skate over the Rideau Canal and you go in the summer, whatever, beaver tails originated in Ottawa, uh, Ontario, in Canada. And they're essentially like a flat donut and they sprinkle sugar and cinnamon uh potentially lemon maybe some nutella banana depends on what it is
2: i had the cinnamon no sorry was it yeah it was the cinnamon lemon one
1: so it's not actual beaver tail just to be clear it's definitely something you eat but it's not the tail of an actual beaver like the animal no the cinnamon lemon. yeah
2: that's one of my favorite ones it's a good one
1: yeah they have them in certain places and canada's wonderland is, is one of them but my point was cinnabon does that not make a lot of yeah. sense.
2: Yeah, but you'd have to change the spelling. Those to are my C I bun.
1: No, you don't change the spelling. No, you it's, do. It's a brand.
2: No, you do. Just to match it.
1: Why would you do this?
2: I don't know. Do you have you ever had langush? No. So langush is a thing that you can get in like Serbia and like Hungary and like uh, like a lot of these like Eastern European countries, and it's essentially just beaver tails, but they're usually savory. So they'll like oh, it's like yeah like it's, garlic. Yeah, like so.
1: So yes, I have then. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother dumbs down the uh, the Croatian culture. She, she. Uh, I think she's trying to help us, like understand it or or, or whatever. But she's made us specifically. Languish. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. Essentially... She never to- never called it that one. What did she call it? Well, we went to be to. A, I think we went together to have beaver tails, and so when we did that, she was like, "Oh, I can make these," and she wasn't saying it like, "I'm gonna make it up." I think she meant actually, "I do make these." Yeah. And you uncultured. <laughs>
2: You uncultured swine. Whoa, she would never call us swine. This is my
1: grandmother you're talking
2: about. <laughs> and so then she... And then she proceeded to beat you up, just like you beat up those kids. She beat us up, and then theater. she made
1: us uh, longush, lang- longush. Yeah. Lang- yeah. Yeah, I don't know how bad my pronunciation was, but probably bad. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> when your mom's listening to this podcast, she'll criticize my pronunciation. Yeah,
2: she'll, she'll call you specifically and just <laughs> yeah, explain Yeah,
1: she'll, she'll comment on the Facebook yeah. <laughs> Facebook link. This was terrible pronunciation.
2: Explain it phonetically. Langosh. 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 Yeah, that was pretty good. I'll give you that one. Who knows? Maybe I'm not even saying it proper. I have a thick accent.
1: It's possible. But anyways, I got really sidetracked. Cinnabon at Cineplex. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds we like should a, also have beaver Tails at like Cineplex. Idea. So, if that ever happens, by the way, you know that it came from this podcast. Yeah. This very popular podcast, Split Focus, a film and TV podcast.
2: You want to know what I'm super disappointed about Cineplex as well? I feel like we keep on getting sidetracked, but uh, since we're still talking about Cineplex. Just to be it.
1: clear about what Cineplex is. So, oh, know, it's a movie theater. It's a movie theater chain, specifically very popular For in Canada. Canada. It's all over Canada. It actually was bought by. Uh, Cineworld, but then we not... We talked buy- about that as one of our back- back- earliest stories. We did. And then they backed out at the last second that Cineworld is a European uh, chain of, of theaters. It's one of the biggest in the world. And then they backed out at the last second really because of COVID and they, they couldn't, you know, take the heat. And so now Cineplex is back on their own. It's really, most of the theaters in Canada are Cineplexes. Like, if you go around, there's very few...
2: Yeah, there's Cineplex, Landmark, Apollo. Yeah, but they're rare. Really like you it. can't
1: find Landmark or Apollo that often. You can find them, but they're
2: just... I and mean, there's a couple nearby. And then, of course,
1: there's always independent. Yeah. But what were you going to say about Santa Sorry.
2: Oh, they have like they have like the one uh, food section totally walled off. So they still have their hot dog that you can get, but I can't get a hot dog and fries.
1: Oh, I knew that already. Oh, you can get a hot dog though. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, it's on the menu. You can get a hot dog oh, with nachos. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't. I don't want do nachos that. with my hot dog.
1: I want fries. Yeah, there was a really cool meal plan called the the, the scene, scene deal meal. I think it's called the scene meal,
2: right? The scene deal meal. Or is it scene deal? No, it was the scene meal you're. I'm right. not sure.
1: But regardless, we we constantly cash in on that. Because you get a thousand scene points, which gives you a free movie.
2: Yeah, or twelve hundred and fifty. No, it was a thousand. You oh, get a thousand scene points for twenty bucks. So you'd buy it's twenty dollars. You'd yeah. get hot dog fries and a drink. Right. And a thousand scene points. So you get a, a, like a, a and twelve dollar
1: It's like almost like a. It's like a twelve dollar movie ticket.
2: Well, exactly. So, so you it got was actually nice the best
1: me- deal. It's at definitely at any Cineplex and
2: location. Th- the issue with it though is any time we went in when they offered it to two different locations. Mostly. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, I want the scene deal, scene meal, and then they'd be like, oh. What's that? Like what the every fuck? every time none of the employees fuck? knew.
1: Actually, there's three locations. I went to the Mississauga cinemas. and They, they didn't know either.
2: They were they're so stupid. These whoa, like whoa, whoa, these whoa. these idiot. I'm talking not about everyone that works at Cineplex, but the people we dealt with.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe they weren't trained properly. That's not their fault, is it?
2: Okay, then it's all then it's the trainers at Cineplex that are awful. Maybe they're Maybe. the dumbest there's people the on planet legend. Earth. If you Keep work in at mind, they did fire this, uh, Tanner Z. Oh my god, I don't know if I want to spoil it. I'm, I'm going to hold it. Never mind. I love my boy Tanner Z, though.
1: Yeah, Tanner Zipchen. Yeah. I wonder what that guy is now. Interesting. Let's move on to the second news story, eh? We, we've just kind of been talking about nonsense for the last ten minutes or well, so. I'm glad we talked about food. Gotta do that every episode. I know, right? Number two. As stated on the official Oscars.org website... The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has officially decided to create a set of required diversity and inclusion guidelines for specifically nominating films for the best picture category. As Academy President David Rubin and Academy CEO Don Hudson explained, quote, The aperture must widen to reflect our diverse global population in both the creation of motion pictures and in the audience who connect with them. The Academy is committed to playing a vital role in helping make this a reality. We believe these inclusion standards will be a catalyst for long-lasting, essential change in our industry. Unquote. Submission of a Academy Inclusions form will be required as part of the 2022 and 2023 Best Picture nominations consideration. But ultimately, these guidelines will only really be mandatory for the awards ceremony in the year 2024. To be eligible for Best Picture nominations, two of four inclusivity standards must be met. The specific four standard categories of inclusivity are on-screen representatives, themes and narratives, creative leadership and project team, industry access and opportunities, and audience development. For each of the four standards to be met, typically underrepresented societal groups must be proportionately represented. Adrian, what do you think about this news? What
2: does that? What does that mean? Which part? <laughs> All of it. I was following. Uh, the,
1: the idea is that they are looking to make sure that the best picture nominees. Yes. Uh, in which there will start being 10, I think, as a standard, because I think it's been varied every year for the last few years. It's been 8 to 10 in some weird range. I don't know why they wouldn't just choose 10 every time. I'm fairly certain it's going to be 10 every time going Mm -hmm. forward from some year. That part I didn't really look too much into. But the point is each of these movies must hit a certain element of inclusivity in terms of underrepresented uh, either it being potentially women, uh, being directors, uh, people on the staff doing the marketing is an example. Pretty much the, uh, what the content is about in terms of narratives. So those are really the, the, the categories that they're looking at. But it's, it's not just women, of course. It's uh, people of color as well and uh, the L- LGBTQ c- community as well. And mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it. And so it's trying to get into all of the facets of how films are made, whether it be marketing. Narratives, of course, and directing and the actors, but in terms of what the story is also about. So if the story is specifically about, as an example, Selma or a great movie, actually, which has an amazing trailer, by the way, that we keep seeing, we kept seeing for Tenet. Tenet. Do you remember the name of the movie that I'm talking about? No, but I know what exactly. A great with. a um
2: god why why can't daniel I? kaluuya yeah and daniel uh,
1: kaluuya and uh, uh, lakeith stanfield
2: yeah yeah unreal god what a amazing good actor guy. yeah he's, he's fantastic i'm really glad that he's in more and more movies he's so good he is so good i just realized both daniel Kalu- kaluuya and lakeith stanfield were they were both in get out i mean i didn't just realize that i knew that but as we were talking about that they were both in it ah judas and the black messiah Judas and the Black I thought Wolf it was a size. simpler
1: name than that. Like, that's a
2: longer name. Yeah, than Jesse, but Jesse Plemons is also Jesse in it. Jesse
1: Plemons is in it as well. The
2: I love Jesse Plemons. He's so good.
1: Kind of looks like Matt Damon.
2: Yeah, I can see the resemblance. Breaking Bad, as well as Game Night. Fargo.
1: Fargo. Great role two. in Fargo as well. But anyways, my point was, that movie would would check off the box for uh, that specific Won the, so the four categories I listed were on-screen, representatives, themes, and narratives. That would be the one that I would check off for that because it's specifically
2: mm-hmm. a narrative about... Uh, Unrepresented, not white people.
1: <laughs> in a way, yeah. And then creative leadership and project team. That, that whole movie would probably hit all of the boxes in this one, There's which is fair.
2: What do they mean by creative leadership and project team? So like, That's just, like everybody
1: okay. who, who's involved. So, uh, so everyone including the cast, the The cast, the crew. That, but it's so there's percentages for each, each category. And so if mm. you look at them, there, there's more detail in every obviously everything. But you have to fill out the form if you want to be nominated uh, for the 2022 and 2023 Best Picture. And then 2024, you specifically have to actually fulfill the guidelines. It's weird because 2022, 2023, you just have to fill out the form. That's what I got the impression of. And then 2024, you must actually do two or four guidelines to get nominated. 2024 is a long way away. I don't know why. Just do it now. That that was do my it, only criticism it, no. when I was reading this. I was very oh, confused. Oh,
2: so so these aren't mandatory yet. They're not mandatory until two 2024. Four. Really,
1: you just have to fill out the submission form.
2: Oh, inclusivity. And and those are things form. to check off.
1: I think it's kind of preparing them in advance.
2: Mm. That's kind of weird. I I don't know. So people,
1: some people have actually criticized this of not doing enough. So if you actually look at the guidelines, the percentage of of how they're weighted, like being 30 yeah. percent. Uh, it's like only a 30% has to be minorities for like the project team as an example or the marketing team. So one of the ones I said was audience development. Audience development is the marketing team. So all those that are involved in that kind of aspect in a nutshell. Again, I don't want to get too broad yeah. into it, but that's kind of the idea. What do you think about this in general as a concept? Well, there was The reason why this exists is because in 2016, the Oscars, there was the Oscars So White. Oscars So White was st- started by an activist and it was fairly really white like every acting role was white every one, which is every kind single of, one it's pretty rough and so that's why that that
2: exists yeah will smith should have been nominated for that hit movie concussion
1: that was the year yeah i think yeah, that it was. was the year it so was. what do you think about this as a general concept
2: i don't know I, like to me like i think it's i don't know like i'm all for like inclusivity and diversity all that jazz but yeah, it just yeah. seems like like a forced like why don't we just nominate the best movies again that that's giving too much um that's giving too much I guess uh, what's the word I'm looking for confidence in the system confidence in the system yeah that's the issue I like I don't know in so my I mind I agree
1: with you by the way so yeah. I agreed I agreed but then I read this and I started thinking about it in, in much greater detail but if you want to continue before, well no that's exactly come. it like
2: it, yeah it's yeah it's me putting too much faith in, in, in the system like yeah, if yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, in in my mind, I hope that everyone's not like a racist dickhead or a sexist dickhead and everything. But like you, right. you never know. Like there are like in the
1: midst of Black Lives Matter, like the, it, one of the biggest. Not only that, like,
2: the Harvey Weinstein situation. Like obviously, the film industry is not great. I'm glad we joined it after Harvey Weinstein was out of it. We weren't a part of that. Well, we be. wouldn't
1: be a part of it when that was that existed. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> we
2: joined it after he was gone. <laughs> We're ridiculous. We're um, going. <laughs> uh, but again, yeah, like I, I get it. Like it makes sense. I just, I just wish we didn't have to. I see you know what, you what I mean.
1: So my idea with the Oscars so white when it was a hashtag initially was, what you said to begin this was, which was nominate the best movies and don't worry about the inclusivity type thing because there was a there was a question of well didn't they just nominate the best movies? Is it an issue with the Oscars or is it an issue with the industry as a whole? Yeah. And so the answer to this question is maybe both because the systemic racism is so ingrained that perhaps that's why they have to do this. And I, and I realized that that is a little ridiculous to have all of, the, all of the nominees for acting to be white in 2016 as an example. And they've been trying to fix this every year and they've done a fairly good job at, at making sure that this isn't a trend at least. But I don't know, I just find that I I thought about it more and I I thought, I kept thinking back then again, and I still kind of thought about it after, that the the real thing they have to fix is the racism in the industry, Mm -hmm. and then it will fix the Oscars. But I realized that the Oscars influence the industry, and that's why this is important. Because it actually, if you think about it, if you're not going to win Best Picture because of lack of inclusivity, well then, that's... You need to start thinking about that a little bit more uh, on, on the other side. So it's a circle. And so because it's a circle, theoretically, the Oscars generate business, potentially, because people watch movies that have won an Oscar, like, for instance, Parasite. Again, mm-hmm. I don't have the exact sales numbers, but I, I'd imagine much higher in North America, especially for Parasite, after yeah, it won Best Picture definitely. than before. Because people didn't even know what Parasite was. Uh, we knew what it was because we just so we knew.
2: Yeah, we knew what so it was before it was it. even nominated Right, you're gonna hipster this. You're hipstering this. I'm hipstering this. But yeah, so I, I said I've changed I said. my mind a little bit on
1: the, my concept. That that was my idea before, and so yeah. I agreed with you before. But I realized that this is just it's deeper than that, and it will it will stick, be a, a circle. If you can influence the Oscars, then you're gonna influence the industry. And their guidelines are honestly pretty lenient uh, in terms of inclusivity to make sure that underrepresented groups are represented. It doesn't mean every story has to be. Uh, like a black story as an example like like for instance uh, judas and the black messiah Mm -hmm. it it just means that you need to hit some of these points so that everyone's as, as included as possible to remove the systemic racism that's in the industry as a whole and then maybe we won't need guidelines like this because everyone will be actually treated equally yeah that's the hope in the long term
2: yeah i think i'm just a little bit too ahead on it like uh Uh, that makes me sound pretentious, but like, I don't know. I like, I just wish we could skip all the steps so we can just get to the point where everything is okay. Yeah. And I don't know, that's a little bit ignorant of me. Yeah. It's just, and it's it's not really fair. It's kind of wishful thinking. I
1: feel like I, uh, I get where you're, where you're at. But again, before when the Oscar so white thing happened, I was definitely thinking it's the industry that needs to change, not the Oscars themselves. Mm -hmm. But I I do, again, I do, I'm looking at more of a, of a circle. And I, I, again, I just to reiterate that it, it inf- one influences the other and vice versa so.
2: yeah I remember when um, in 2018 when Green Book won and like people got upset about it like, what a uh, great movie uh, uh, dude it's so fa- fantastic uh, but, yeah people got upset about it, it not being Black uh, Klansman um, oh I see and they're like oh yeah of course this movie about a white savior wins I was like, that is not what I took from this movie at all. No, I didn't get that either. Yeah, and I remember reading that. And, I, and the best
1: uh, performance was arguably
2: um, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I remember just uh, like reading that, and like people being like, "Black Klansman should have won." And like, I remember I, <laughs> like, I, I rarely find Green Book. Like, again, it is a. I think it's a better film. I, I think subjectively, and Black Klansman's fantastic. fantastic, amazing. Like, I'm not saying that... It's like, again, comparing two amazing things. Another once... John
1: David Washington movie. Yeah, exactly. By the way, just to segue this, I did not know that John David Washington was the, was the son of...
2: Denzel Washington? Denzel Wa-
1: And you didn't know that either. No, me, me neither. I sent you a link showing that they were, the, like, father and son. Yeah. I had no clue. I, yeah. I literally, I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> oh. It makes sense. They have the same last name.
1: I guess. Not really, though. Yeah. Like uh well i guess in this industry yeah most people don't really have the same it doesn't happen often yeah like you wouldn't have like like then then i instantly was like is carrie washington related and no not no. at all no no, no. but you because like most people like you don't have another cruise oh you do penelope cruise i actually tom like cruise i would Terry Cruise. just to make just to see if they were married at some point because they're terry also Cruz? in both in vanilla sky so i thought oh terry no but terry Cruz is spelled differently Oh, but so was Penelope Cruz. Of oh, America. those aren't related. My anyways. God, Illuminati <laughs> <laughs> is real. <laughs> no, let's move on. Sorry, uh, but yeah,
2: I, I remember like that posting, and then there were like comments saying that, like, oh, like Black Klansman was a like better movie, like it should have won. And I remember just commenting, like, ah, no, like I think Green Book definitely deserved. Did somebody it. attack you? And the yeah, like someone's like, of course the white person would think that. Oh, and I'd be like, dude, if it was my choice. I would have said that sort of Bother, bother you. you would have won. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is literally a commentary on capitalism, which I'm a big supporter of for one, and like it's led by a black like a mainly black uh, cast
1: yeah that was the better movie that year sorry like, to
2: bother you Was that, that, that... but it wasn't nominated I at know. all same with blind spotting um was that that year though that was that year 100 yeah um because i loved that movie and again i remember both those movies not being nominated and being like what the french fry yeah what the french fry man it is strange and i was like i got news for you i ain't racist <laughs> I ain't.
1: That's, that's kind of annoying that that, that they would assume that it's incident. just
2: immediate. It's like, dude, what but, the f- like, what the French rat But know. now,
1: especially, like, we're in a really bad,
2: bad way. No, hundred percent. I don't know. You so. like, I don't know. Like not, careful. I'm
1: not saying white people are in a bad way. That's not what I was saying. I'm saying oh, dude, you no, that's no, exactly what you said. I'm specifically saying are, society as a whole. Just no, to be clear, no, you are referring saying, to no, we, not like you, you and me. No, no, I am saying a, no, society No, that's what
2: you meant. You meant that white no, people are no. having it the hardest right no, now. No, we're not. We're definitely that's not. That's definitely Anyways, what you're referring to, and no, I disagree with that. Move on? <laughs> Should move on to number three? <laughs> yes. Okay,
1: but yeah. Anyways, number three, as reported by Variety. AMC's The Walking Dead will officially end with a 24-episode season 11. <gasps> Alongside this news, it was also announced that The Walking Dead chief content officer, Scott Gimple, and Adrian's favorite creator, and current The Walking Dead showrunner, Angela Kang, are co-creating a spin-off series based on the popular characters Daryl Dixon and Carol Pelletier. To explain her perspective on these two big announcements, Angela Kang said, quote, I look forward to digging in with our brilliant writers, producers, directors, cast, and crew to bring this epic final chapter of Robert Kirkman's story to life for our fans over the next two years. The Walking Dead's flagship series has been my creative home for a decade, and so it's bittersweet to bring it to an end. But I could not be more excited to be working with Scott Gimple and AMC to develop a new series for Daryl and Carol. I am thrilled that we get to keep telling stories together." Unquote. Season 10's next episode will air on October 4th. And we'll also launch six new episodes sometime in 2021. Additionally, season 6 of spin-off series Fear the Walking Dead is set to premiere on October 11th, 2020, while the brand new spin-off limited series The Walking Dead: World Beyond is also set to premiere on October 4th as well. Adrian, what of this news?
2: Well, Simon, I'll let you know what I think of this. It's I think it's a weird choice because for one, Daryl and Carol are quite literally the main characters of The Walking Dead right now. Like they—they are—they're the show is essentially revolved around, yeah, revolving around them currently in the series. At yeah, least I, pretty, I think so from season central. nine. Yeah. And it's a very odd choice that you're like, hey, we're gonna make a spinoff show about the main characters of the regular show. How? Like, I feel like spinoffs are usually about different characters, or if one main character leaves and goes on to do their own thing. It's just weird.
1: It is strange. But again, the, the more glaring problem with this, to me, is the fact that this show is all predicated on the concept of characters that they build up and then they kill off. And, mm. and Car- Carol and Daryl specifically, we kind of know now that they're not going to die. Yeah, no, that's a really so that's good a point that I
2: never even thought of. Not a single time. Um, right, so
1: that's the, that's the biggest issue, I think, with that. Because I, I get what you're saying is that they're they're central to the plot, or at least they have been, because they've been around since the very beginning. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they could be replaced, in a way, by other characters in the story if they were killed off. Yeah. But I just find that the idea of thinking that they're going to survive for 31 episodes now the six episodes for season 10 plus the finale episode which is the seventh episode plus the 24
2: episodes no the finale episode is now not the finale because they're adding six more episodes
1: right exactly which is the weirdest choice what is going on it's just odd choices Uh, and I don't know if it's just Scott Gimple and his creative decisions because I know you don't like Scott I don't
2: like Scott Gimple and I'll never like him after what he did to season four of Fear the Walking Dead I will never forget He's not the
1: showrunner. If you're The Walking Dead, I hate
2: him. But you
1: know that he's not the showrunner. I don't care. We we made a correction. I know.
2: I hate three people. I hate the two showrunners and Scott Gimple.
1: Yeah. I mean, he might have had some pull. I don't know how much he had.
2: Let me just tell you the reason why I hate him and why I feel this way and
1: why my he had some good episodes. Why
2: my morality is a specific way. He used to showrun The Walking Dead because this is why I do these things because I feel this way. You know about this thing i'm i'm literally Are being, you
1: reciting lyrics i've lost you so. no
2: i i am right now i'm being written by scott gimple because i'm just I'm oh i get it you're
1: <laughs> the gimple speak yeah so what people some people call online the gimple speak is where he overexplains everything to the point where he, they're talking as a morality concept it's like, like shut up. showing us what they're going to do they they explain how mora- how morality works and their ethics i'm internal. morgan
2: and I don't kill anymore yeah, because it's so my unfortunate. My, my, I
1: like more the, that one episode actually the episode with Morgan where he gets taught to use the staff I actually quite liked that episode. oh like his
2: own episode yeah that was quite good it was pretty cool I guess but again it's it still ended he got like... worse it still ended with like thank you for teaching me this but I don't kill well, I'm never I gonna kill yeah, it yeah that's false. because killing is bad and then and then he kills someone and he's like oh, I shouldn't have killed that person I don't feel good inside anymore. I kill people. Oh yeah. no! And the reason yeah, right. why I feel bad about this is because we shouldn't kill, and it has nothing to do with any anything important. I'm just gonna talk for 45 minutes, and let you know there was not an I episode think... <laughs> where he talk for 45 minutes. It was a monologue. Ethics. The entire ep- it was like that episode of BoJack Horseman when he's at the funeral. Uh, that was a great episode. That's the though. best episode. Of so Bojack you're Bojack. saying
1: that those are related?
2: Yeah, in the in, in the opposite ways though. That um, one episode wasn't written by Scott Kimball, and the other one was. dug yourself a hole with a staff here. No. oh yeah anyway yeah exactly it wasn't a good hole it's hard to dig a hole with the staff
1: this is odd there's a lot of oddness <laughs> what I was
2: saying or, or, or the story oh you you're, what well, you're saying for
1: sure but the, it's, oh this gosh. is an oddity in the way that they've done this
2: yeah no I agree with you completely I just don't think it's smart there, there's an anyway. overabundance of Walking Dead the the Walking Dead The World Beyond does not look great again I think I, I we've talked about this I think this that is brilliant. showrun
1: by Scott Kimple
2: ugh I hate kids you know who, who else I hate? You know what other kid I hate? That that kid that was at Avengers Infinity War with us. And I was super glad we beat the crap out of him after. He just beat the living shit out of this child after Avengers Infinity War. That when We Washington did not Liners. beat
1: any kids up. This did not yeah. happen.
2: And then we also beat up those guys. On those a very serious
1: note, then, though, speaking of kids... That cuties backlash on Netflix is just growing. Oh, is it? Oh yeah, there's like a boycott. There was today. There was a boycott Netflix hashtag on Twitter. Oh Netflix, my goodness.
2: Yeah, I ain't watching that cuties movie ever. That's like it looks pretty weird. A, I thought like so. I
1: looked up like uh, the director is actually. It's not a guy, by the way. It's it's a it's a female director.
2: The, uh, which, women can be pedophiles too, Simon.
1: I'm not saying that that can't happen, but it's. I guess it would be maybe a little bit less likely. Maybe, oh really? Maybe a little oh, bit. Oh really? Don't 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 call me on this, but specifically, I thought that was a little strange. And then it also won awards, but it's just if you look at any of the trailers or any clips, it is very odd.
2: It's disgusting.
1: Why did they do this? And why would Netflix approve it?
2: I don't know, man. And like,
1: I, I feel like there's <laughs> conspiracy theories out there that believe that. Well, yeah, the- all of Hollywood is pedophiles or some nonsense, but. That, that is all I mean. There there definitely are some pedophiles oh, in everywhere, Hollywood. though, in every business. I'm sure
2: you mean um, there's pedophiles in UPS, the delivery guys.
1: Okay, yeah, we're not going to go through every profession.
2: Uh, you think gonna... there are pedophiles Stop. Stop in it. Uh, no <laughs> dishwashers, like at restaurants? Oh, They're talking about like <laughs> a dishwashing machine, like a Bosch. No, they don't discriminate,
1: like a Bosch or like a Samsung dishwasher. They're an
2: inanimate object.
1: I'm fairly certain, by the way, I was looking this up while I was talking about Cuties. I was looking up to see who the program creator is for a World Beyond. It looks to be Scott M. Gimple. Ugh. If I'm not mistaken. I'm not going to watch he that He is the show. showrunner. But anyways, we did not beat up a kid uh, to sidetrack to that.
2: End. And we definitely did not beat off a kid. Oh definitely. my god.
1: <laughs> what are you doing? No. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. We did beat up a kid, though. We did not- What the- Jesus. Okay. Well, which one did you do, Simon? Neither of them. You don't have to choose either of those terrible things. Neither of those things happened! Especially not the second one. If I had to choose one, if it was like a-
2: (laughs) Anyways, we had to actually someone write in. Would you rather? (laughs) No, they did not. No, they did not. Oh, my God. it's it's so fucked up it's so messed up but no I didn't I didn't want to look into cuties no more
1: it just came up when I was looking up research for this it's messed up I did look up the director because I was curious to see what the award they won and that's just odd they won at a film festival and then again it's just so weird it's so strange the clips are so weird
2: why would you do this I, I don't know I don't know I don't know. I like when I was telling you about it last week, I was like I don't I don't understand. I was like I, I don't know if I should be outraged because I'm not willing to look deeper into this. And the idea of you just saying like you've seen some clips, I'm like, "ugh." Like and and those are Very unsettling. It's like, "Why, man?" I don't know. I just it's just all right.
1: Number 4. <laughs> As Deadline has reported, Network Stars has ordered a blind spotting TV show spin-off to series based upon the Raphael Casal david Diggs film of the same name. The show will be showrun by Raphael Casal himself and is said to be a half-hour dramedy that will follow Jasmine cephas Jones's blind-spotting film character Ashley. Both Casal and Diggs will also write and executive produce the new series. Stars original programming president Christina Davis described this move by saying, quote, Raphael, David, and Jasmine created a beautiful film that we believe will translate perfectly into a compelling series for stars. This provocative and powerful narrative couldn't be more timely, and in picking up the story from Ashley's perspective, we will be able to shine a light on so many of the important social issues that the characters and the audience continue to grapple with." Adrian, what are you thinking? uh,
2: I know you love this film. I really do. Talk about it a lot. I do. Uh, I think this film is fantastic, and I don't know, I was... When I initially heard uh, it being announced, I didn't realize that uh, Rafael Casal himself would be the showrunner of it. Yeah. Um, so Ashley well, is... Well, D.B.
1: Diggs is also writing it.
2: Yeah, which is awesome. They're writing it together. Yeah, which is awesome. Again, this movie's great. I can't recommend it enough. I think it is on Crave here. No, maybe it's not on any streaming service in Canada, but it's worth the rent. And Ashley plays Raphael Casal's wife in the, in, in, in the um, movie. Um, Wait, I'm so
1: confused. Ashley's a character. Yeah. Oh, Ashley is his wife.
2: In the movie. Yeah.
1: So Jasmine plays Ashley, who is his wife in the movie. Correct. Okay.
2: Yes. Cool. I thought that was fairly clear, but I guess not.
1: I don't know. You might want (laughs) to listen to this back afterwards.
2: I will. I quite literally will. Simon, when you post it on Monday, I will listen to it.
1: On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Or Google Podcasts. Or Spotify. Anyways, go on.
2: I'm going to listen to it on Apple Podcasts.
1: But yeah, your thoughts... Uh, but this is cool. This is, this
2: is a really cool idea. I'm I'm glad that they're kind of expanding this. I felt like the movie should be a one-and-done, but knowing that these guys are coming back to write it and Raphael Casal himself, again, show running it. Usually that's um, a good sign that they have something to say. It's a very good sign, say. unlike uh, the Avatar, the last Airbender TV show that will be coming out where none of the original characters are attached, something like that. Even though it's a different story. That's a live-action remake as yeah, opposed Yeah, the creators to are just not
1: doing it anymore. It's odd.
2: So, I don't know. I'm super stoked about this. I really want you to watch this movie, man. I really do. I want to like have a conversation with you about it.
1: Maybe we'll do a Closer Look episode about it.
2: Quite possibly. That'd or cool. not. We'll, we'll stay tuned to find out. Was this your movie uh,
1: that would have beat Green Book
2: that year? In 2018? Yeah, I think so. I think it was my favorite movie of 2018.
1: Not Sorry to Bother You?
2: Very close. They're, ve- they're both so fant like so phenomenal, so great. They're so good. These movies, so good. I don't know why I just started doing that. <laughs> Already. But uh, I don't know. I'm quite excited for this. I think it will be good quality. I think Ashley's character is really awesome. She plays an awesome. They have, they have a kid together, and Rafael Cassell is a, like a white man. And a- Ashley, played by Jasmine Cephas Jones, is a black woman. And it's a cool dynamic they have, and she's just like a really good mother to like their kid that they have. I'm curious to see where they're going to take this story and whether or not Raphael Cassell and David Diggs' characters are going to be in it. I imagine they will. Like, it makes sense that they would be, considering where the movie kind of leaves off.
1: I got the impression that they would
2: be. I hope so. Um, Janina Givank- Givankar? Givankar, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, maybe I'm pronouncing it totally wrong. Janina Gavankar She's also in it You might know her from Star Wars Battlefront 2 She's the main character
1: I know I know who you're talking about yeah. I just feel like you've butchered her name And I and I now can't think of her name
2: It's Janina Gavankar
1: I think I've talked about this Previously on the show When somebody says a name Very wrong I just cannot think of The correct way to pronounce it afterwards.
2: I will spell this out to you J-A-N-I-N-A Janina Last name G-A-V-A-N-K-A-R Gavankar Okay Gavankar sure. Maybe that's correct this ain't no tenant to Net situation. This is a very obvious last name. So it'd be cool to have her back in it as well. Um, I would like a lot of these actors to show up again. And again, I'm, I'm actually quite excited for this story to carry on because they are fascinating characters. And it's a, it's a cool slice of life movie um, watching these characters kind of go on. And it's very topical considering what's going on right now. Blind spotting, literally, the movie starts off with a police officer shooting a black man. Wow. And, like, it's it's very, like, I think it's the perfect time to kind of go ahead and make a TV show like this. But I, I can't recommend blind spotting enough. I think especially with what's going on in the world. It is the perfect time to watch it. It puts things into perspective a little bit more. And it doesn't really like shove these like ideas down your throat. It just tells an awesome story and it's fantastic. It doesn't necessarily paint all police officers in a bad light either. And they do some really cool things in this, in that movie, which I absolutely adore. And I think it's such a satisfying conclusion to that brief story. That's kind of why I was a little bit of, a little bit against this at first, because I think the movie, again, it's perfect. It's like a, It's tied up in a little bow, and it's it's awesome. But I'm curious. And knowing that they're coming back to write it and showrun it gives me a lot of confidence in the quality. If they can match the quality of the movie and make that into just a long-form television show, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds great. Honestly, sounds super great. Are you excited for it?
1: Uh, I don't have much perspective. I gotta watch the movie first. The other thing that's kind of interesting is it's on stars, which I can't get unless I subscribe to the extra ten bucks on Crave. It's seven. So Crave has seven dollars. Oh, seven. <clears throat> so Crave has obviously it has other random content. It's got random content, kind of like Netflix has random licensed content, and then it's got HBO, which is the main reason I even have Crave at all. And yeah. then uh, you can pay another seven bucks I guess above the twenty dollars so ten dollars twenty dollars then seven dollars to get stars
2: I think you can also pay seven dollars to Apple and get it through Apple TV I might be wrong about that but I literally Separately? I think so It doesn't
1: matter though because they already have Crave, so it's not really relevant yeah exactly
2: but uh, maybe
1: yeah because they they had Apple uh, on Apple TV they specifically had channels and they started to roll that out more and more Exactly. So I think there's, there's a ways stars to channel do these things
2: potentially now yeah. is there an
1: fx channel that's one of those things that i'm kind no of curious i think because fargo's coming out right season uh, four
2: yeah i think that's behind a raw Ro- like you need a rogers cable package which is like ridiculous like how, how, FX how now. are we
1: living in 1995 here like get it get it together guys we've Ugh. got streaming services why can't we get this so i'm just gonna end up buying fargo i guess oh me too
2: me too two. i'm gonna just buy at fargo. least they
1: offer it though hbo that was the one notorious thing with hbo when hbo shows come out You can't actually buy them on on itunes it's not possible they just don't make them available until like six months later when the dvd box set comes out they were stuck in the past so hbo max is a huge improvement hbo now was at the time and in canada it's crave
2: well i remember when the leftovers was airing we literally had to like either torrent it like wait for it to finish but we watched i think the last like what two episodes or three episodes at a friend's house uh, yeah so friends we
1: had a cable subscription to hbo exactly it's like it's like we don't have an option like i'm not gonna pay for cable just for hbo content i'm no. already paying for everything separately it wouldn't make any sense so. yeah it's one of those things. Like, thank goodness, Crave jumped in with uh, HBO because that would have been a disaster.
2: I know. It's funny because when Crave launched, well, it, was it was a disaster. And now it's when bad. Crave launched, it was locked behind a paywall initially too. Like, you had to have a Bell subscription, if I recall correctly. No, no, you could buy it separately. You could. Oh,
1: maybe just maybe at the very beginning. I remember it the at very, the very very beginning yeah. maybe.
2: But I didn't have a Bell subscription,
1: and I got Crave. Meaning, Show me and Crave were competing in Canada. Show me was Rogers. Rogers, uh, I think even with Telus. And Crave was supposed to be Shaw and Bell.
2: It's weird that Show Me just kind of failed, like, entirely. Well, but... they
1: didn't do the same things. Like, Crave had an advantage because they specifically had the licensing content for HBO.
2: I feel like if—I uh, mean, Rogers has the licensing content for FX, though, if they just kind of loaded that up there. I know, like, they FX— They didn't think is, of it, though. Is they a... were slow. Yeah.
1: They were slower to the— on the updates. So Crave had better content to start, and they had old— old hbo shows like the wire right from the beginning so they didn't really have the live hbo stuff until way later like only like two years ago um so it's interesting it's cool that crave has survived though because i really do appreciate hbo as i love crave
2: yeah it's awesome
1: yeah cool man yeah blind spotting i'll probably check it out if i can check out the movie uh like we're not gonna see this show for a little while i'd imagine because filming is a little bit up in the air with a lot of these projects just because of course Mm -hmm. with COVID. So it should be interesting. It's definitely topical, and I should just check out the movie and then go go from there. Yeah, man. Just go for it. All righty. Number five. The 72nd Primetime Emmy Awards Ceremony has almost arrived. This year's show will be broadcast live and virtual on Sunday, September the 20th, with late-night comedian Jimmy Kimmel hosting. Due to the pandemic, all presenters, award recipients, and Kimmel himself will be socially distancing at home. As Variety has reported, significant preparation has gone into the event for everyone involved in order to make this massive video conferencing TV awards extravaganza something to remember. In honor of the Emmy Awards this week, Adrian and I will predict the winners for 11 of the top Emmy Awards categories. Are you ready with your winners,
2: Sir Adrian? Give me one second.
1: He's opening a paper, as you may be able to hear. I am ready. Amazing.
2: Well, I should probably put this.
1: The first category down. is outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, and the nominees are Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson for The Good Place, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, and Rami Youssef for Rami. Your Winner, sir.
2: So, really the only person, like, I haven't watched any of these shows, so, right. like, uh, I immediately was like Ted Danson, but who I really think is going to win, even though I've not watched the show, yeah. is Don Cheadle, because Don Cheadle is such a fantastic actor. All right, so you're locked in with Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, final offer. I
1: appreciate you brought a, a nice paper there, you've sorted this out in yeah. time. Thank you for your preparation.
2: No worries, did you not think I was going to be prepared?
1: Well, when you brought that out of your pocket, it was, it was, it was impressive. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that the audience at
2: home can't see this. Do you like the bit? In this particular. I case. literally wrote this sheet of paper just for that. I thought of that. It's pretty great. Thank you.
1: My winner is Eugene Levy for Shits Creek. I started watching Shits Creek recently, actually. Yeah. It was good. Uh,
2: and uh, he's pretty great
1: in general, but he wrote the series with his son, Dan Levy, which is pretty cool. And he's pretty great uh, so far in this first season, because I'm only on the first season. But it's the final season. Of Shit's Creek, which is kind yeah, of interesting as well. I heard it's
2: really good. I really want to watch it. I think I might it's dive into
1: potentially it. It's worth it, yeah. Like, it's all on Netflix? Uh,
2: I don't think so. It's a so, grave.
1: Uh, It's actually on CBC Gem. So the CBC in Canada Ugh. actually covers it. But CBC Gem, kind of interestingly, you don't need a subscription for it. It just gives you... Ads. The series with ads. And there's only one ad usually every commercial break. It's kind of annoying, and I almost consider buying the season. In... The States, Schitt's Creek is on in Netflix.
2: Oh, awesome. Okay, I have, ex- I have ExpressVPN, not sponsored. But oh, I can on just- your TV? Yeah. Oh, oh did Bill I not tell you? You
1: did. You talked about it last Yeah, time. I
2: fixed it. Cool. It works on my TV now. Cool. So I'm gonna- Maybe I'll watch that. Actually, i got to watch Legend of Korra.
1: Sometimes the VPNs, by the way, they don't work. Uh, so Netflix can sometimes tell that you're not actually in a territory, and mm-hmm. it, will- it will still block you out. I've had that happen to me.
2: Oh, it's work, It worked for me, but it it, should be it is a little bit odd. Amazon Prime does not work. Yeah,
1: so they they find ways to figure out where your IP is, even yeah. though you're setting it as a different location. It's interesting. Anyways, Oof. moving on to the second category, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. And the nominees are Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Linda Cardellini for Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, Issa Rae for Insecure, Tracy Ellis Ross. For Blackish, and your winner is Sir.
2: So the again, there's only <laughs> the only shows that I uh, show that I watch out of these is Dead to Me. I love both Christina Applegate's Jen Harding in Dead to Me, and I love Linda Cardellini's Judy Hale. But if I had to give it to one of them, it'd be Linda Cardellini's Judy Hale.
1: Cool, that's awesome. I, I think they're also amazing. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with the uh, the third option, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. Not because I just started watching Shit's Creek, but I, I think. Just looking at the, the research, this is the final season. I, I I do have a have a strong feeling that uh, there could be some magic for uh, both Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. So we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Alrighty, the third category is Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series, and the nominees are Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Steve Carell for The Morning Show, Brian Cox for Succession, Billy Porter. For pose and Jeremy Strong for succession. And your winner is?
2: Jason Bateman as Marty Bird.
1: He's amazing as Marty he Bird. Is isn't so he is so good. He's so good.
2: I love Jason Bateman as an actor. Yeah.
1: He's fantastic. He's what a what a range. He's directing the Ozark, which is amazing. He's a great comedy actor in Arrested Development to start off and like I think that's really where he got his main exposure mm-hmm. and hit the scene and his performance in Ozark is amazing. He's really am- like He's incredible. so good. Yeah. My winner is Jeremy Strong for Succession. Season 2 of Succession is unbelievable. It is an incredible show and both Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox are are amazing and I would have Maybe gone with Brian Cox potentially, but I find that Jeremy Strong was just so good. He had there was more to his role, arguably in season two as well. You've watched Succession, right? I watched the, the first HBO season. show. Yeah. Yo, know, you didn't actually start up or get through much of season. Two. I think
2: I only watched the first episode and I fell asleep because it was late. Right. Um and then I just like oh, I gotta I gotta rewatch it all. Gotcha. And then, uh, I just never went back. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta watch Westworld season three. Like there's so much Oh I, you didn't complete that either. No man, I, there's so much you on started the started though,
1: Westworld season three, right?
2: I, same thing. I watched the I started watching the first episode, I was super tired and I fell asleep and I was like, God damn it, I don't know where I left off. Same thing. Quite literally the exact same scenario.
1: Westworld Season 3 is interesting. I, I definitely think it's the worst of the the seasons. It's such a different direction. That's not why I don't like it. I, I'm open to change, but I just found that some of the elements of the season were less remarkable than the first two seasons. Yeah. So that was my criticism. Interestingly, it seems like they're not very well represented at the Emmys this time, either. There are a couple nominations on here, but the ones we're going through... By the way, we're not going through all the nominations. We picked 11 of the top ones just because there are a lot of Emmy nominations.
2: There's 8,094 <laughs> Emmy not,
1: nominations. It's not that many, but there's a lot. Like There's almost every category of supporting actor and act, best actor and actress, of course, and uh, guest actors as well in limited series in pretty much every category. And then you've got, you've got sound mixing, you got sound editing, music. I really wanted to put music in because I'm a huge advocate for how sound is represented mm-hmm. on the creative side for that. But then there's all these other editing awards that we could have delivered or directing we, we excluded, unfortunately. But anyways, I digress. The fourth category is Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. And the nominees are Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Olivia Colman for The Crown, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, and Zendaya for Euphoria.
2: So this one was a little bit of a tough one for me uh i've only watched uh, ozark and euphoria out of these two and i think laura linney is so phenomenal in ozark
1: specifically in season three i know she's so on...
2: fantastic however i gotta give it to zendaya interesting for, in euphoria there's a scene in the first season of euphoria where it's literally just like, it's shocking like how good it is um with her and i really love her character rue in the show she's the show is about, like, uh, she gets out of rehab while she's still, like, she's a high school student, gets out of rehab because she has an opiate addiction. Right. And then pretty much immediately just starts getting back on drugs oh. as soon as she leaves. Um, and it kind of progresses from there. Did you,
1: you watch the whole season? Yep. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Um, I can't wait for season two because uh, season one ends on, like, a pretty big cliffhanger of sorts. I really, really, really love that show. It's on Crave, HBO.
1: Cool. As a note, just so you're aware, Jodie Comer actually won last year for Killing
2: Eve, interestingly. I want to watch Killing Eve really bad, too. Yeah, it
1: seems quite uh, reputable. It's something that I'm probably going to do as well.
2: It's written by, um, God, I literally had her name in in my head, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's uh, oh. yeah, she's the creator of the show.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge who actually won last year for both best actress in a comedy yeah. and best show because she won. And Fleabag. Fleabag season 2 specifically. Mm-hmm. My vote on this one, my winner is Laura Linney for Ozark. I think that she had a lot to do specifically in season 3 and the range of emotions that she is asked to portray in this particular season is pretty it's amazing.
2: Fantastic, man.
1: It's awesome. So I love Ozark so Definitely much. Laura Lenny on this one for me. And the fifth category is Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie. The nominees are Jeremy Irons for Watchmen, Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Paul Mescal for Normal People, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True.
2: Um, Jeremy Irons for Watchmen. He was pretty, he's, he's pretty fantastic. Yeah. You know I what mean, else he's great in? Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah, <he> is. <laughs> Which is a good movie.
1: Yeah, like, uh, his role as uh, Adrian, Adrian Veidt, Veidt is quite young so interesting, and it, I think he fits the character quite well from my reading of the, the comic, because it, again, this show, as we talked about previously on our show, is very much a sequel of the comic. Yeah. I feel like he fits the Adrian Veidt shoes fairly well, and I'm, I'm impressed with his acting in that, and that was one of the interesting things about that show, and you see that right in the first episode, and... And it continues throughout the show is they keep bouncing around from his storyline and then the storyline elsewhere in in the Watchmen universe or in the world or Mm -hmm. wherever. It's just he's in this weird place that it's just keep being shown to be weirder right from the get go. You see his character in this strange place, and it's definitely interesting. It's what a great show. Yeah, watch Watchmen as we've talked about previously. Who's watching
2: the Watchmen, baby?
1: Hopefully you right my outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie is not jeremy irons although I, I do agree that he did a great job mine is hugh jackman for bad education
2: oh you talked about that last week yeah Billy i did Pride. talk about
1: bad education and how great it is i do believe it's uh, it wasn't last week i think it was two weeks ago he is fantastic and i feel like i don't know if i said this but i, I feel like bad education reminded me it gave me the real spotlight vo- vibes so, the movie Spotlight. Yeah, it, you did Actually, that. Mark Ruffalo is also on, on this list. And I, I find that it's it, there's this pacing of this movie that's very calm and patient and it reveals things slowly. And you know who actually is in Bad, bad Education, by the way? No. Is Rafael Casal, actually. Oh. Interestingly. I, I saw Rafael Casal. I was looking up the information for Blind Spotting. I obviously haven't seen it. And so I kept looking up the info about that, and I was confused. Like, I know this Raphael Cassell, because his face was in the one of the articles I was reading. I know him from somewhere. Obviously, David Diggs I've seen in... Hamilton. Hamilton. And I was like, what? I don't know. I know for sure I've seen him somewhere. And then I, I was looking up Bad Education later, and I was like, ah,
2: he's
1: from That's Bad Education. That's where
2: he's from,
1: of course. So anyways, yeah, I'm going with Hugh Jackman on this one. Cool. The sixth category is Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie... The nominees are Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America, Shira Haas for Unorthodox, Regina King for Watchmen, Octavia Spencer for Self Made, and Carrie Washington for Little Fires
2: Everywhere. Your winner is this one. Haas to go to Regina King, actually, for Watchmen. Aww. <laughs> ah, see, I got you yeah, in the first half. Pretty terrible joke, Come but on,
1: uh, I agree. That's uh, that's also mine in this mm-hmm. one as well. I think Regina King is the undisputed winner in this case although again that's that's based on research and not based on me watching them because i'd only seen what in this particular category much like you mentioned in other categories this is the only (laughs) the only film i've seen or limited series i should say that i've seen in this case it's interesting actually the emmys they they do limited series or movie as the same category when it comes to acting awards but they they separate them for the best Outstanding series and outstanding movie Uh, later.
2: What an interesting choice. Don't you agree? It is strange. It is strange. The
1: seventh category is Outstanding Television Movie. And the nominees are American Son on Netflix, Bad Education on HBO, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, These Old Bones on Netflix, El Camino, A Breaking Bad Movie on Netflix, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy vs. the Reverend on Netflix. And your winner is, Adrian?
2: El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. It's pretty fantastic. It's really good. It's really good.
1: Yeah, it's strange. If you look through the nominations, it it seems like this would have been the year for Vince Gilligan's properties in terms of the Breaking Bad universe for nominations in every category because he's got Better Call Saul, which is amazing. amazing. Did you finish, by the way, the the season? I'm on the last episode. It's incredible.
2: You mentioned uh, to me that, um, I think on, well, definitely on the podcast, like, there is a scene that is the most intense scene, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about yeah, when you yeah, get there. Yeah. Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about when I got there. I literally thought I was going to puke. Like, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's tense. It's unbelievable. Oh my god. It's
1: incredibly done. It's just... Incre- That's why when I went through these nominations, because I just finished the show where I was getting close, I could not believe how, how little this show is nominated.
2: It's ridiculous.
1: It kind of makes no sense at all. And it's not nominated for cinematography... And uh, I think I talked about on the show, on our show previously, about the ice cream
2: cone. Yeah. Yeah, you did. What you a did. great
1: way to start an episode. And
2: You also uh, mentioned the beer bottle thing, too.
1: Which is just so, pa- it's the mm-hmm. pacing and the patience of that sh- that show is just, un- again, not necessarily unprecedented. You'll see that in other TV series, but this is just, it's a masterwork, I find. I agree. For a TV series. But anyways, it's kind of skipped over and hit almost every nomination. I feel like it's the most snub, sh- snub show for this year. We've seen it on other years being nominated quite a bit, but I I do think it's better than Breaking Bad.
2: Me too. Based on Me too.
1: even just especially this last season.
2: Yeah. Unless it like somehow does not stick the landing, which I cannot imagine. Yeah. It's kind of cool too like you kind of figure out where we are in that universe too. There's a couple of hints in season 5 has to what's happening, like how close we are to Breaking Bad, technically.
1: Yeah, no, true.
2: Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's a there's one line in particular where it's it's very clear. You're bridging
1: like, the gap quite nicely. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jonathan Banks' uh, Mike Trout story is so, so beautiful. It's just so good. God, man. Carlo Esposito, by the way, I was going to mention this earlier. Uh, he got nominated
2: for uh, Best Supporting. In a couple things, actually. Yeah. He was
1: a guest actor as well for The Mandalorian.
2: He's also in The Boys,
1: Yeah, I was about to say, like The Boys specifically, That I found that his role in The Boys, because I just watched episode one so far. Yep. He, man, he's got the most gravitas of it, like any actor on TV, honestly.
2: Yeah, he's almost scarier than Homelander. Yeah. Which is funny. It's pretty cool. But
1: I didn't choose El Camino. Uh, That was a close one for me, but I chose Bad Education. I do find that, again, it's got the, many of the elements of Spotlight. Spotlight won Best Picture, and I do think that it's going to take away Outstanding Television Movie. this (laughs) time around.
2: That's fair. That's fair. I haven't watched it, so I can't dispute that. That is also fair.
1: Cool. The eighth category is Outstanding Limited Series. And the nominees are Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu, Mrs. America on Hulu, Unbelievable on Netflix, Unorthodox on Netflix, and Watchmen on HBO.
2: You want to know what wouldn't be Unbelievable if Watchmen won this? Because I think it is going to win, and that's definitely believable. Wow, incredible. Thank you. I, Thank you. I, I would
1: agree that it's it wouldn't be unorthodox for Watchmen to win this round. It is an incredible TV show. We've talked about it before. I do also believe Watchmen will win in this category.
2: Wow, look at us on the same page. Look at us. Look
1: at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? The ninth category is Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Series. The nominees are American Masters on PBS, Hillary on Hulu, the last dance on espn and netflix if i
2: do yeah it was on netflix it was a netflix original for i think this is also referring
1: to who created it but it says espn here oh mcmillions on hbo and tiger king murder mayhem and madness on
2: netflix i've only seen tiger king so i'm gonna go with tiger king it's wild it's pretty
1: wild i agree yeah I'm going to go with McMillions on this one. Uh, I did some research on this one as well, but I also watched McMillions. I do think that as much as it maybe isn't as crazy as Tiger King, I do think that it's very well made and there's a good chance of it winning. McMillions is pretty neat. It's about the scam. I don't know if I told you about the monopoly scam. Yeah, the McDonald's monopoly scam where basically nobody was winning the million dollars except for people basically in the mob. They were selling tickets for less than a million dollars that were the million dollar ticket. Anyways, it, it's really cool. Uh, it's it's worth a shot, worth a, worth a watch on Crave or I'm sure HBO Max in the States. Or if you just have an HBO subscription, uh, maybe HBO Go. Not sure if they still exist. HBO is kind of confusing in, in the U.S. and how it actually operates on apps. But yeah, McMillions, pretty cool. And McMillions mm-hmm. is my choice. Tiger King is yours. On to number 10 for the Categories? Yeah. This category is Outstanding Comedy Series. The nominees are Curb Your Enthusiasm for HBO, Dead to Me for Netflix, The Good Place for NBC, Insecure on HBO, The Kaminsky Method on Netflix, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime Video, Schitt's Creek on Pop TV, and What We Do in the Shadows on FX.
2: So I want Dead to Me to win because it's the only one that I really watched. I watched The Good Place as well. I haven't seen the final season of The Good Place, but I love Good Place. I wouldn't be surprised there. My bet, though, I feel like it might be what we do in the shadows because there's so much buzz around it. And I, I want to watch it so bad. Again, it's behind that stupid FX, like FX Now or FX. Which we can't get. And it's, it's strange so because frustrating. if
1: you go on the Apple TV Plus app, it tries to get, or sorry, the Apple TV app. It, it tries to get you to watch FX Now. And I, so. Yeah, you hit select it. So select it and it says to go to Rogers. And that's why I asked earlier in the show whether you could get there somehow else. But you cannot. No. Wait. So that sucks. So annoying. So yeah. I bought recently, I bought an FX show. I I've, I've bought every Fargo uh, Season? season? Like, specifically, I used to only buy Seasons Passes anyway. So it doesn't really bother me too much. And what we do in the shadow Shadows, I agree, has a tremendous amount of buzz around it. It's a huge percentage on Rotten Tomatoes in the high 90s. I think it's like 97% for both seasons. Yeah. And it's created by Taika Bertitti and... Uh,
2: Jermaine Clement.
1: Jermaine Cl- 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 Clement. And kind of interestingly, they obviously, they made the, the movie. I thought that this is actually showrun by someone else. I thought it was similar to Noah Hawley, you know, taking the Coen brothers idea and yeah, running and, with it. Yeah. But no, uh, in, in terms of Fargo, I meant. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's not the case here. They're actually involved specifically with this show and they're making it themselves, which I think is amazing. And definitely, I think, worth a watch because what we do in the shadows, the movies. It's so
2: funny. It's so funny.
1: I didn't do what we do in the shadows. Although that's what you chose, right? Yeah. That was your final answer. Mine was Schitt's Creek because again, the final season... There's a lot of buzz around this as well, and it got a lot of nominations this time around. Whereas what we do in the shadows here and there not necessarily as many. And and the, the idea of them being their final season, and I, I think they've got a, a got a real shot. As I kind of mentioned earlier, the final category is outstanding drama series. The nominees are Better Call Saul for AMC, The Crown for Netflix, The Handmaid's Tale for Hulu, Killing Eve for BBC America and AMC, The Mandalorian for Disney Plus. Ozark for Netflix, Stranger Things for Netflix, and Succession for
2: HBO. Better Call Saul, AMC.
1: Interesting. I would have chosen that as a concept of that's the best season, I think, Yeah. that they've they've launched. And I think that it's arguably maybe the best show in this listing. Yep. But they got snubbed pretty badly everywhere. I yeah, it's going to be Succession. I do think it's yeah. Succession. Plus, Season 2 was better than Season 1. And it is amazing. It is remar- a remarkable show. If you have a time, a, a moment to watch Succession, like just start with season one, of course, on Crave or HBO, it, it's worth it.
2: Cool, man. It's yeah, Ozark is absolutely phenomenal. Season uh, three as well, I, I would give it to that. I'm surprised Stranger Things was nominated. Yeah, interesting. Honestly. Like it was I mean, good though. It was good, but keep in
1: mind, you remember what show won last year for best drama series?
2: Game of Thrones,
1: which was the worst season of that show. Yeah, that, it's a very strange. Mm. That was a strange choice. I would not have I've given them that.
2: Definitely not, no.
1: But that's, yeah, that's why sometimes the the voting gets tossed up a bit. I'm not sure. So next week, specifically, we'll, we'll go over the nominations. We'll look at who guessed the most. It's going to be interesting because we didn't really talk about the the Emmys really that, that much in this show, but obviously this is not going to be a live event in which everybody's in a theater. This is virtual, as I mentioned in the, the news story. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they pull this off. With, uh, Jimmy Kimmel has always been a good host in my eyes. I think that whenever he's hosting anything, he's done a really great job. Yeah. And having a host at all is a good choice. And a- the Emmys last year didn't have a host. They were Interesting. trying to took a page out of the Oscars playbook. Oh, and as you argued a few weeks back, that's not a good page.
2: No, definitely not.
1: Hire Kevin Hart back for this next... Uh... Yeah, or Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> or Jimmy Kimmel again. I don't know. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't like the Oscars hosting as much. Just because it's more... St- he I think he, he said it was too serious. It was more serious. Even though the Emmys is fairly serious, because obviously people are, are keen on winning in their their categories, and there's a lot of categories. It's just the way that it is. It's just not. I think that it's a lighter atmosphere is what he was saying. But interesting. Yep, definitely. We're gonna watch that. We'll uh, we'll see who had the most wins in terms of the the guesses and the predictions.
2: Okay, man.
1: It sounds like a good
2: plan.
1: Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. According to Variety, FX has been forced to push back season three and four of the Donald Glover comedy Atlanta due to the coronavirus pandemic.
2: I haven't watched season two yet, but season one is awesome.
1: Number two. As reported by CTV News, NBC's Peacock streaming service has ordered two seasons of a new, fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot TV series based on Will Smith's pitch to the network. Peacock is a very bad streaming name. Number three. As Deadline reports, Noah Hawley's Fargo TV series has officially finished production of its 11-episode season four starring Chris Rock.
2: Hell yeah it has, I cannot
1: wait. Number four, as reported by Variety, reality TV show Keeping Up With The Kardashians season 20 will be its final season after 14 years on the
2: air. This is arguably the worst news of this entire year.
1: Number five, as covered by Deadline, director Doug Lyman is developing a pandemic heist movie called Lockdown that will star Anne Hathaway in the
2: leading role. I swear to God we talked about this last week. Or another pandemic-based movie or TV show. Grey's Anatomy.
1: Number six. Um. As reported by Variety, the CBS-produced Joe Exotic TV series starring actor Nicolas Cage in his first foray into television will, in fact, be developed for Amazon. What a... Whoa. I didn't know that. I thought we already knew it, but I didn't know it. Number seven. As Deadline reports, the Baz Luhrmann-directed Elvis Presley biopic is starting production back up in Australia after having to shut down back in March when starring actor Tom Hanks contracted the coronavirus.
2: I'm glad he survived, but did you not hear that he was in Epstein's Black Book, and apparently he's part of the pedophile ring? Do I believe it? No.
1: What? Number eight, as web publication Empire reports, a Robocop prequel series that is currently confirmed to not feature Robocop finds itself in early development.
2: Oh, nice. This is going to be just as good as Gotham, so not good. Number nine.
1: As reported by Variety, a film adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's novel Across the River and Through the Trees starts filming in October with actor Liev Schreiber starring and Paula Ortiz directing.
2: I wonder what's across the river and through those trees, baby.
1: Number 10. As Variety reports, Shia LaBeouf has been replaced by Harry Styles in director Olivia Wilde's next film, Don't Worry Darling, a psychological thriller that will also star Chris Pine and Florence Pugh.
2: Why was he replaced? Do we know?
1: Scheduling conflicts. And that concludes the montage.
2: Okay. Wow. That was a good montage. Thank you for that, Simon. A bunch of interesting information there really appreciate you letting us know about that. I got new releases for you. Oh, boy. You want to hear them?
1: I do. I definitely do.
2: All right, there's a few movies on this list that are coming out. And uh, like I said, I will only put movies that have been confirmed by two sources on this list. I know. Is that understood? I understand. Oh, nice, man. So let's start with a couple movies coming out on September the 15th. It's a movie called Hope Frozen, A Quest to Live Twice confirmed by Netflix and Movie Insider. It's a Netflix original. This is about a Thai family that decided to cryogenically freeze their dying toddler. Hmm. This is a real thing. It's a documentary. It looks incredibly sad. I don't think I want to watch it. Wow. But yeah.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah, that's one hell of a way to start off these new releases, am I right? Yeah. The next movie coming out is a movie called One Hour Out Call. This was confirmed uh, confirmed by Movie Insider and the official YouTube trailer. Uh, This is a low-budget indie flick about a dude that keeps on hiring an escort talking about life and shit. Uh, The trailer was pretty unclear. It was essentially just a bunch of scenes cut together of these two people talking. The trailer only has 80 views on YouTube. I was the 81st. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so super, like, indie, low budget.
1: Are you trying to hipster this by saying you were the 81st? Is that what you're doing? No. Well, oh, look at me. I was the 81st.
2: I mean, I was. I was
1: the 81st,
2: you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I was. Like, that's a, that's a fact. Oh, okay. Uh, the trail it doesn't look great. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to really, like, knock it down too much. But, like, it's an indie movie. It's low budget. doesn't look too great, though. I see. Just looks. I mean, it looks low budget. And the acting doesn't seem too great. Gotcha. But, you know what? Will I watch it? No, maybe, probably not. The next movie that's coming out, this is on September the 16th. Ooh. It's the movie called The Devil All the Time. This is a Netflix original movie, um, at least in terms of distribution and it was also confirmed by movie Insider. This looks freaking awesome. It does. I am going to watch this movie for next week. Great. Uh, th- this that's is Tom a- Holland Tom Holland Robert. Pattinson, Robert um We got other people in it. I literally, I <laughs> yeah. literally was like, I it's don't. I don't there need are to... other people in it? I was like, I don't need to. Oh, S- Sebastian Stan is in it. Yeah. I was like, I don't need to write down the actors' names because I'm going to remember it all when I talk about this. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but this actually looks really good. I don't want to really uh, say much about it. I I would suggest either going in totally blind or watch the trailer. The trailer is stellar and does not reveal much. It's like, in my opinion, a awesome trail that just sets up this cool movie that I'm super excited to watch. I'm actually very stoked for this. Cool. Uh, I will definitely watch this I before agree.
1: next week. I agree. It looks amazing, and I definitely am going to watch it as soon yeah. as I can. Nice.
2: The next movie that's coming out on September 16th at 16th is a movie called The Secrets We Keep. This was confirmed by the trailer and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. Ah, yes, of course. This looks great. However, the trailer reveals a bunch. Like, too much. So I quite literally stopped it halfway through. Because it reveals something I was like, oh man, I don't want to see that. Like, literally just, so don't watch the trailer. But it's about this woman who moves to New York with her husband after World War II. And she sees this dude. Who she thinks is like a guy that was part of like the Nazi, like this Nazi group that came into her like town or something that like raped a bunch of women and beat the shit out of a bunch of women and yeah. possibly killed them. So what she does is she captures the guy who's played by Joel Kinnaman, by the way. She captures the guy oh, wow. and like tosses him in his trunk, takes him home, ties him up in the basement, and then like tries to convince her husband that they have to kill him. And oh, it's no like way. it's one of these like like is he actually the Nazi?
1: It's like the episode with Crazy Eight in Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, a little bit, yeah, except you know Crazy 8's bad, where in this movie, like, the trailer makes it kind of unclear uh, whether or not... Oh, it's,
1: like, uh, ambiguous. Yeah,
2: so it's like, cool. is he actually this Nazi dude, or... Interesting. And, or, like, is she kind of just crazy and, like, just dealing with PTSD? It's... It's it looks great. I'm actually sorry. Did
1: you say where this is gonna air?
2: It's a limited theatrical release.
1: Oh, they're gonna try it. Yeah, try so I'm hoping the it thieves.
2: plays on like in like Princess Twin or some some near. Yeah,
1: we should give them some business actually. Now's yeah. the time. Yeah, I, I would if like to. Like if I don't know, as long as it doesn't get worse here.
2: Yeah, so I'm hoping it releases there. It's supposed to go uh, to video on demand. Uh, I think in a month. So I think October the sixteenth. Okay. So, yeah, I'm actually uh, I, I'm actually interested in seeing this. I, I really hope it plays in theaters near us. So these next movies are all coming out on September the 18th. The first movie that's coming out is a movie called Antebellum. It's a horror movie that's uh, being produced by Jordan Peele, so not directed or anything. You're just producing it. Apparently it isn't that great. It's only sitting at a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. This uh, release date was confirmed by both Movie Insider and then the Apple TV app. The next movie coming out is a movie called No Escape, but it's also called Follow Me in some places. Okay, I watched the trailer. It's about this vlogger um, that, I guess, travels to Moscow to uh, vlog with his, with his, like, buddies. Okay. Um, and they get, like, an invitation to, like, a super exclusive escape room. And, and, the, and the guys are like, oh, like, wh- whatever you think, like, things might seem real in, in there. But it's not real. You can't get hurt. But, like, can they actually get hurt right. or not? I'm pretty sure they can. It's a horror movie. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer. It's a digital release. It really doesn't look great. Um, I see. <laughs> the trailer at least doesn't uh, doesn't make it look good. Uh, the next movie coming out is a documentary, actually, about Obama and Ronald Reagan. It's a movie called The Way I See It. It's uh, This was confirmed by Movie Insider and the Googs movie description. The Googs is Google.
1: The Googs.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's my new nickname for Googles, Googles, Google. Okay. Um. Anyways, call me ignorant, but what does Obama and Ronald Reagan have to do with each other? Weren't they presidents at a very different time and like?
1: Yeah, there was a gap. There's definitely like, a gap in like time. Like a
2: significant gap, isn't? Wasn't I don't there? No,
1: you tell me. Didn't you just? Did huh? you read the description?
2: well it's literally a documentary about both of them i don't know and i'm like is it just two like a documentary that kind of splits it into two so let's talk about ronald reagan then then let's talk about obama i don't know that one seemed boring i don't really care about documentaries all that much that's a lie i actually like some documentaries i just i don't know doesn't interest me all that much uh the next movie that's coming out is a movie called blackbird there's actually multiple movies called blackbird um, but this is the 2020 Blackbird movie. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and Rotten Tomatoes. This actually has a very good cast in it with Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, Rain Wilson, Sam Neill. Um, it looks like a pretty heartfelt drama of a family getting together because their mom uh, slash grandmother, because uh, the kids of the the person dying. Oh yeah, she's dying, by the way. But the ki- but her, ki- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but her kids an and their kids. <laughs> And their kids' kids like kind of go to like gather to like hang out, I guess, before she dies. And there's just like a bunch of the family fighting and all this stuff. It, it looks pretty good. I watched the trailer. Uh, good
1: cast. I agree with that. Yeah. That's for sure.
2: I kind of want to watch it. I think I might watch it. Uh, Sorry,
1: that's Netflix? What'd you
2: say? Oh, actually, I don't know. Theatrical? I couldn't find out where it was being released. Now that you mention it, I think all but
1: another one of those Palm Springs fiascos where we can't get it in Canada. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Actually,
2: I looked this up and I could not find it. Huh. Yeah, that's fair. This next one, actually, the same thing. I think I couldn't find it when it was releasing. It's a movie called The Nest. It's by. Uh, this was confirmed by Movie Inside and Rotten Tomatoes once again. It stars Jude Law and Carrie Coon. The trailer's really good. I feel like we watched the trailer together. Maybe it was in. Maybe it played before Tenant. I could be wrong. Or maybe I just watched no, it on YouTube randomly. Tenet. Maybe I watched it just on YouTube randomly.
1: I think we've seen it before, but I don't think it was before Tenet.
2: How long ago? It's been so long that we've been to the theaters. I don't know. I, I distinctly it possible
1: re- It was right before we went down in lockdown. Whatever movie mm. we saw before that. I don't remember. That's my guess. I don't recall this being. Maybe I'm wrong. It I was definitely, the first time, not the second time we saw Tenet for sure yeah I'm not sure
2: i don't know i remember watching this trailer specifically and i was like because uh, i was re-watching it and i was like where have i seen this i definitely watched this trailer i don't know uh anyways but it's about a husband that moves back home to england with her uh, with his american carrie coon and kids and then he gets this like huge manor but this but soon the relationship begins to unravel due to uh lies and uh and money and and, and all that sort of stuff Looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Um, And then the final movie on my list is a movie called Ravers. Once again, this was confirmed by both uh, Movie Insider and Rotten Tomatoes. This uh, looks super corny and not great, but it kind of looks fun. It's about this energy drink that's at a rave that makes everyone start killing each other. They pretty much just become weird zombie-looking things. This was actually released in 2018 at a film fest, and now it's just finally releasing on digital. Uh, Funnily enough, that plot line is essentially the same as the beginning of iZombie, zombie like the movie I or the TV show iZombie zombie slash the graphic novel iZombie. zombie it's, it's about, about like energy drink it's yeah this beverage that like they're at it like a they're on a boat or something I think they're on a boat and then yeah like there's, there's a drink that's on and then every the, the drink was like I guess there's things in the drink and then everyone turns into a zombie and starts killing each other oh huh, weird yeah so I was like huh. I was like when I was <laughs> read what it was about I was like this seems oddly familiar and then I thought about it and I literally realized it talking to you just now that it's the same. Oh, cool! As eyes on me. Alrighty. And that is the new releases for the week, from the thirteenth to the nineteenth. Sweet. Well, that pretty much sums up our episode. Pretty much. Pretty much, it sums it up. That pretty much, I agree. I agree. It pretty much sums it up, man.
1: Thanks for joining me once again. Just for the audience out there wondering, we are on pretty much every type of podcast. Aggregation service, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, there are a lot of them out there, and we're, Deezer. we're on a lot of them. We're on Deezer as well.
2: Are we actually? Yeah. I just pulled that one out of my ass. Yeah. So Can if you, you don't
1: want to watch, yeah, huh. I had Deezer, I had Deezer subscription for music for a while because it could do uh, CD quality. It's pretty oh, high res music, which is pretty. I like Title. Cool. Title does the same. Title doesn't do podcasts, as far as I know. Huh. I could be wrong but I don't believe so. And of course, we ask all of our audience members to write into us as Kenneth Stadelbauer has done uh, on numerous occasions. We want to have a conversation with all of you. And so we ask you to write into us by Twitter or by email at splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com. Feel free to write into us with any random would you rather or inquiries about our...
2: Beating kids up. Things like that. Tell me your stories about hurting children. I'd love to yeah, hear Yeah, or maybe
1: our foot health. Or yeah. uh, whether we wear sunglasses inside. Or anything like that, or pretend, potentially what the podcast is about, which is, you know, TV and, and movies, which would be great too. Mm-hmm. So, again, write into us, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And the last thing of note, the last order of business is to just mention that if you've watched Tenet, we're gonna make a, a sort of deep dive into the movie in our closer look episode of Tenet that should launch on Friday of this week as well. Whoa. So, if you've watched it already, feel free to jump what? in. We're going to go into all the nitty-gritty details of the plot, potentially, but really just review it with a little bit less of a restriction and that we yes. can talk about kind of everything that's uh, happened in it. So thank you for listening to the 11th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off.
2: Goodbye. I uh, I, I got news for you, though, Batman V Superman was a good movie. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care.